Hey, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Skids Up RC Heli Podcast, where we have, once again, Wes Meneer joining us. Wes, it is so good to see you again, or talk to you again. It's been, I think we were just saying it's been over a year since we uh, yeah. got to talk to you last time. So pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you, Paul. I'm excited to be here and talk about helicopters. Yeah, me too. And we also have Frank, as always. Say hi. What's up, God? Say hi. And, uh, right. You got the say hi part. And then it looks like we've got John Wick today. I thought it was Javier, but his Zoom profile <laughs> has been changed. So I'm yes, don't, don't kill my beagle or else. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I'm kind of in the dark on this one, Frank. So I'm going to let you run with this. Um, I know that there was a uh, a topic that we wanted to get over. I don't know if you want to start with uh, with updates because it's been a few weeks. So, um, how do you how do you guys feel? How do you guys feel this one should go? How about we do some quick updates? You know, and Wes and Wes can jump in it with us. Uh, yeah. And Javier and Javier can limit it to five minutes. So it's, we call these quick updates. Not I like it. Oh come not, on! You you know that you know that on Freefall RC they made the shotgun round. You know, like every time that they tell people. That it's a shotgun run that it should be quick because when I when they did it with them I was like an hour long. World's longest yeah. shotgun blast. Okay, so that yes. you also know you're going last, right, Javier? <laughs> yes, we we've learned that. Uh, how about we have West go first? West, That's give a, us some updates on what of where you went up to the last couple of weeks. That's a great yeah, man. So uh, just came back from Urcha, getting all my stuff settled. Uh, lots of emails coming in from the Jamboree, just getting everybody. Uh, responded to and everything they need. So getting all that stuff kind of cleaned up, you know, I didn't really get to get my fleet in order before I went to the Jamboree. So kind of came back and I've been spending a few days wrenching, getting everything tuned up and like I want it and, you know, hoping for a couple days off here soon and I'll go do some flying. Nice. Yeah. See, that's a quick update. That's that's, that's an amazing I feel like you need to add more. Like, I don't know what to do with an update that small. Surely, <laughs> no, surely you have something you can talk about for 10 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's Javier. That's I'm going to give the time to Javier. Yeah. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We have, we have, we have, we have worked this out already. We figured this out a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, before, hold on, before you continue, since he does have, I don't know, like 30 minutes of time that Javier is, is not, not going to be using here. Um, sure. Did you have a chance to, um, you know, I know that when you were in Dallas last time, Wes, we were supposed to go flying and we never did. Yeah. No, have you okay. been back at all? I so. have been. Yeah. But I've not been back like with helicopters and with a similar trip. So, uh, okay. you know, I, I kind of travel for a living as a pilot. And so um, I, I get around a lot. And our, our primary maintenance facility is in Dallas for uh, the people I work for right now. So we spend nice. a lot of time in Dallas, but, you know, uh, we kind of stay up in Addison go eat lunch, uh, maybe go home the same day. So, you know, I'm there for anywhere from two to 10 hours, maybe, a, maybe a quick overnight or something, come in in the evening and leave in the morning type thing. So I haven't had any, like when I was there last time I was there for, you know, like 10 days or something. So I got you. Well, I, you know, I, yeah. I apologize for not being able That's to all good. Yeah. And I'll, I will let you know that Addison is actually on the way on my way to the field. So if you nice. are there, happen to have a helicopter, I can okay. swing by pick you up and then drop you yeah. off on the way back. So you hit me up. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. All okay, right. That's so all to, that's all I had to say. Uh, okay. No, no, I, I got to add something to that. So make, if you do pick up and you do go flying, keep all your small helicopters at the house and don't let Wes fly anything smaller <laughs> than a 700. All right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's, just, what he, what he's I, just not capable. He's just, just not, not good at that. 
me and me and little helicopters, especially other people's the OPs, <laughs> you know, I tend to tear up other people's little helicopters. It's just kind of a thing. Man, I feel, yeah. I feel you. I was, I've been, you know, I've been flying only my five, I guess it's a 600 and above now, um, okay. yeah. the last year. And I went and flew a, my, my Oxy 380 recently. And it was the first time I had flown it. You know, the first time I thrown anything smaller than a 500 in a really yeah. long time, first flight out, I ran it into a tree. I was like, what, what yeah. the hell, man? Like I've gone without a crash so, for months. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and, and get all dramatic here, but uh, I took off and, you know, Frank's like, oh, just put it in bank three. I'm like, no, bank three is going to be ballistic. I flew his, uh, what was it? An Oxy three. Was it Oxy three? Yeah, okay. it was Oxy 3. Okay, I flew I mean, his Oxy 3. Ballistic. I mean, they're ballistic yeah. on a normal head speed. Right, so I said, let's put it in bank one. So I took off, I put it in bank one. I did like a pinch pump to like a vertical, uh, like to do a TikTok, and there was nothing there, and it just <laughs> fell and hit the ground. And so probably four months prior to that, I did the same thing with uh, Chuck Burt's, uh, what was it? Oh, the Mikado Logo 200. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a similar instance, this was with nose down TikToks and the tail blew out and it was like tail blow out in the ground, throttle hold, like all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did, no, no. how did the logo handle it? Did it, did it uh, survive? Okay. Or was it, uh, you know, it, it did pretty good. I wouldn't say it was a bad crash or anything, but you know, it broke the servo horns like usual and it broke one other like weird little part and he's, kind of been struggling to find the part but uh, i'm sure he'll get one pretty soon (laughs) sorry frank yeah no i'm not gonna say anything i'm just saying that you know mr uh f3c competitor you know yeah yeah worldwide known you know yeah mr westman air here just don't give him anything small that's all i'm saying you you can fly the hell up you know the great the funny thing is that he flew on the power hour for maniacs batteries and he put on a great, great flight. You know, it was precise. It was beautiful. It was elegant. And then he destroyed my Oxy-3. Just saying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel bad still. But no, listen, it's funny. Listen, he gave me a super hard time about it. And then he got uh, Scott's son, uh, Braden. is that right? Yeah. Uh, to come and work me over for like... 30 minutes i mean this kid loves doing this and he's just like man you broke my helicopter for like 10 or 20 minutes i'm like man i'm sorry i'll fix it don't worry you know it'll be okay and he just he just act like his feelers were hurt no it was funny because that's the only one that will will let him fly of mine because i you know i don't care you can fly myself what's the the worst part's gonna be we're not to buy any parts or fix it that's it okay let's, let's go but just to see how quickly, like, we were all hanging out. What was it? After the raffles, after dinner, we were all, like, on the fly station near yeah. the um, uh, Scott's booth, you know? And, before you know, we're the just, night fly, you know, waiting for it to yeah, get Yeah, before dark. the night. Yeah. yeah, we were just, we were flying my nitro and we were flying my Oxy-3. So everybody and their mother was taking a pull on my on my nitro. And I'm like, I tell, I tell Wes, hey, Wes, fly my Oxy-3. It's like, all right, no problem. Primarily Marco. Yeah. yeah. I have uh, Marco flew. JJ flew it too earlier that earlier, like probably half Dude. an hour before that. And yeah. He beat the piss out of him. Jesus yeah. Christ. Is he good? Yeah. JJ's guys, good time. Yeah. Augie did a good job with those guys, man. They he fly did. really freaking. They, they fly really, really good. They do. They and practice a lot. That's, that's for sure. And then I had, I had Keith Williams and I had um, Devin 
fly the nitro as well. And those guys always put on a good show. And I guess I actually got Keith to agree that the that the Azores really work well on nitro. So that that made my day. That was a lot nice, of fun. Nice. But yeah, good times for sure. So Paul, did you come to the Jamboree? I did not. I did not. Uh, and I was I was conflicted about it because you know actually I was telling the I was telling the guys here that I actually got the time off to go. And um I couldn't, the guy that I was going to go with, he was going to come drive with me because I, I didn't want to fly. I wanted to bring all my stuff with me. For sure. And um, the guy I was going to go with in the last minute was like, you know, I, I can't come. I've got some stuff that came up from work. And I just didn't want to make a, it's a 28 hour round trip. And it's like 14 each way. Yeah. I, I just didn't want to do it by myself. So I, I was kind of annoyed with myself, but because it sounds like you guys had a freaking awesome time. Oh yeah. Um, one of these days, man, I, I will, I will, I will, I will get there. But okay. uh, back, you know, I was, I was thinking when you were talking about the Oxy three, and it's funny because Frank has been telling this to me as long as I've known Frank. It's, you know, don't bother with the small helicopters. You're not going to get any better flying. I've heard them. him say that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, whatever, Frank, like I, I, I'm going to get better if I can fly a helicopter, even if it's a small one versus not flying one at all. And Frank, let me be the first to tell you that you were absolutely right. Flying the small ones in no way translates to my ability to fly the big ones. Cause I've gotten pretty damn good at flying the big ones. And I still suck ass at flying the small ones and I crash them yeah. so much. Where do you put uh, the small know. one at? How, what size? What do you call small? Oh well, I mean, I say this. I've got a, I've got a couple left. I've sold almost all of my small ones. I still have one Oxy two and okay. an Oxy four uh, max. So those are my two small. So where do you start at a? Me. Where do you start at a big helicopter like a five hundred or? For me, uh, I've got well, I've got my, you know, I've got a five seventy Goblin, and, and okay. now that I've also got a stretched Oxy, I kind of view the five seventy as small actually, which is weird. Yeah, you know. So the, the Oxy now is a 620, uh, is it 620 maybe, 625, something like that. Nice. You got the bag. Yeah, I stretched it uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I put cool. the, I think I told you to put the rapid MS uh, composite uh, rapid blades on it, which are really, really nice. I, I feel like I need to convert it to 12S though, because the packs are getting just so hot. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's still six. And I wanted to be able to share the batteries with my, with my, uh, my Kraken and my Spectre, but... Well, we know a guy that can get you some batteries. So. You know, we were talking about this earlier. I haven't heard of any really good battery companies out there, nor anyone that would vouch for the validity of said batteries. Okay. So. Oh, that's you guys are punching below the okay. belt. You know? <laughs> wow. I feel like it's I just the wild west of, of battery choices out there. You know, there's no one I that's like a voice in the hobby that'll stand up for any particular brand. Oh, dude, you, you're not on Facebook enough, dude, because that's that's my that's my jam right there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so you know what is so bad, and it's funny because a lot of the guys that I fly with, they were like, "Oh, you're just pushing those batteries because whatever," and I'm like, "No, dude, no, they're really good." And then I got one to try them, and they're like, "Holy shit, it's like new helicopter! Oh my god, I've never seen this thing do that." And then the other one tries it, and now they're like all buying packs and all flying. Flying well, one of the guys, one of the guys in my field said that uh, he heard from the Facebook group that they cure cancer. So, um, <laughs> that that's, I mean, I can't, I mean, that's, the, that's the best recommendation I can think of. They probably do, dude. <laughs> you go oh, from man. dud to stud with a pack, with change of a pack. Well, I told you, I told you when I, when I need new batteries, I know who I'm calling. Don't worry. Okay. Don't good, worry. good, good, good. All right. I think that was, uh, that was an incredibly short update, but, uh, Frank, is it, uh, are you ready for yours? Yeah, I'm pretty much good. Uh, actually, I'm going to try to make it even shorter. Uh, nothing has crashed badly. I've had a little oops, but nothing has crashed badly. <laughs> badly. So I'm not, take, I'm not taking a fail for that one. I'm not taking an L for that one. Uh, a lot of flying here in South Florida. You know, take, try, take advantage. Um, 
looking forward to a four-day weekend. So I'm going to see if I can get at least 20 flights in the next four days. That's respectable. Do it. Yeah, that's that's you know. And, and how many do you typically get on a on a given session, like for on a given between five to seven? Okay, and that's between like you know bullshitting at the field, hanging out with people. Oh yeah, arguing, Dude, yeah, yeah. Like when no one's there, I can probably crank out twenty flights in one day. When there's no one there, actually, right. no, I take it back. If me and my friend Juan are there, me and that kid can go back to back flights. Like it's we're back, we're we're like saying hello to each other on the way from the flight line. <laughs> Because it's like that. It's one, it's one flight up to the other. It's really, really cool. But if there's like a bunch of people, if I have like eight or nine people at the field and people start bullshitting and, you know, someone asks me to help them with their helicopter, help them tune something, it's, it's, it's done. So it's, I'm getting three or four flights, maybe five if I'm lucky. But I'm going to crank some flights out this weekend. I want to get, nice. the, I got to get, I got to get to 500 before the end of the year. And right now it doesn't seem like that's going to be possible. It's definitely more than I'm, I'm not going to get. I've yeah, I've got like two hundred, no, one fifty this year maybe. So, and what's crazy is that out of that one fifty, almost a third of that came from a three day period, which is nuts. Um, I nice. took a couple of days off, uh, and like you're saying, you know, you could fly twenty flights back to back. I took a couple of days off, uh, maybe like a month ago, and I went to the field. It was a Monday and a Tuesday, and I was like, all right, I'm going to see perfect conditions. No one's here. How many flights can I actually do before I'm either like my fingers are getting tired or I'm just not as mentally sharp. You know, I don't want to crash something because I'm tired. And I got 25, I think I got 25 flights the first day, got like 18 flights the next day. And then I started backing off considerably. I've got like 10 flights the third day, but, but yeah, like it was, man, if you, if you just have batteries charged and go open up, I could, I can do, I can do 20 in a day before I feel like I'm flying, you know, dangerously. So I, I got enough batteries for all my helicopters. Right. But there's some like the 12 sticks I got to share in between. How many 700? Four 700 electrics, all right? Oh, wow. So, so I got two 12 sticks or four 700s, all right? So what I do is I try to fly one, charge two packs, fly one helicopter, then charge those again and fly them another helicopter. But lately, it's just been on the on the Spectre V2. Oh, I love that machine. Uh, I don't so hear, nice. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear about it. I mean, I do want to hear about it, but I don't want to hear about it because it's, uh, it's, it's so... It's so nice. I was having a little problem with the tail. And then I realized that I had a stupid plastic horn, like a cheapie that came with one of the servos that I got for it. So I went and got a really nice metal horn from, uh, what is that company that makes them? That Seacraft. Uh, Seacraft. Yes. Yes. And I put one of those and oh my God, I feel like I put a $500 Futaba servo on that tail, dude. I'm, yeah. and, I'm running a, and I'm running a little torque servo. But this thing is just, I was having so much issues with like blowouts and it would, and you would hear the tail buzz once in a while. You'd be like, what the hell is that? And it was, it, you know, it's one of those things when you start in, that you hear that you don't hear often, it really makes you uncomfortable with a machine. You're like, okay, did I build it wrong? Because I know that Kenny beat the snot, Kenny Co has beat the snot out of it and so has Camp and I, so I must have done something wrong. So you start like checking stuff. And then one of the guys in the field is like, holds the tail, is like, hey, move the, move the, your rudder stick. And I'm like, oh crap, the servo horn is actually flexing. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, that's not good. And he's like, that has to be, put was a metal it, servo on. Were you using the one that was coming? I, I, I forget if the, um, if the torques come with their own horns or you have to buy them separately. They come with their own horns, but they come with a metal horn, but it's, it's above the, the range. It's it, okay. this was like seven, like it, like for it to be like on the money, it has to be like 17 millimeters off. And I put that horn on it, which is, 
it's just perfect for that for that uh, helicopter and that application. And holy moly, like I was like I was actually turning down the gain on it Interesting. because yeah. So I was I really, have, really I happy. I have a metal one. It's from Seacraft, actually. Or is it Seacraft or Seagrass or whatever that is? I think it's Seacraft. Yeah. Yeah, I have one on my 570. And, um, I, you know, I've, I've only had it. I've never actually had a plastic one. I think I bought it the very first day that I had built a helicopter and put it on there. I'm curious now, because I run plastic horns on all my other ones. I'm curious if it would uh, make a difference on the other ones. Well, I used to run the SAP horns, right? Yeah. And the, those, pretty much yeah, and the, those are great horns. Those are great horns. They strip... But what happens with those, and, and nobody wants to talk about it, and you know, I'm not bad, I'm not bashing anybody. Is after a while, especially the way I fly and the way I crash, they tend to get sloppy, you know. So I was like, all right. So the Spectre has their own essay, uh, has their own horns, metal horns, which are like set specifically for them. There's no like adjustments you can make on it or anything like that. There's another, there's another pair that it's adjustable, which I'm going to try out next. And then on the MSH, they have their own horns as well. And they're specific to a one spot. You know, these is what it has to be, nothing else. They don't give you many options. Uh, but those were great. But for the tail, I was just using whatever I got with the horns. And, and it's funny because I was testing them. And I think the Futaba ones are, are, are stronger. The, their horns, their plastic horns are actually a little bit stronger than, the, than this ones I was using. And I don't even remember who I got them from because they uh, – they were just the, they were just the exact same size that it need to be, so that's why I was running them. But they were very they were very weak. But once I put this this new horn, it made a huge difference. I am so much happier with that helicopter. I was happier with it before, just because it was just aggressive as all hell. But now the tail is just holding beautifully, and I can do these. I can go full collective on a funnel, and it would just hold there the whole time, which is really nice. That's Protos three eighty. No, that's the Spectre V two. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for those of us that might have a Spectre V1, and I know there's more than one person, myself, thinking about this, do you think that there will be a, um, an upgrade kit since they, there are quite a lot of shared parts? Well, so there isn't as many people think. There's, the, like there's parts that are shared but are not. Like the swash blade is shared, the, the washout arms, the spindle, the tail shaft, the tail grips. So... I don't think there's enough, there's enough shareability. Like, I don't think that okay. there's enough stuff that you have from your B1 that you, to do. I think it's a lot. It's. I understand. I understand. There's not enough pieces. It could easily cost just as much to produce this bears like, as it would produce to cost the kit, like, or the upgrade so, kit as the full kit. So if you re-kitted your V1 to the point where you broke all your frames, your boom and your tail case, then yes. Then go buy the parts, make it into. Then you can buy the parts independently and make it into a V two. But that it has to be that extreme. Like the frames are different, but you still use the same servo mounts. You still use the same bearing blocks, but you have different boom supports. You have different frames. You, it's just is the head the same? No, the head's different. The head's actually oh, okay. it's actually lower, and the okay. and the shaft is it's it's different. Oh, I, they, I remember reading about that. Never mind. Yeah. And the blade grips are are different but the blade grip arms are the same. Interesting. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been, I think I told you, I've been trying to convince my Spectre to have an accident, but it hasn't cooperated so far. No, man, I tell you <laughs> what, I would don't, don't have an accident, just get the V2. You know, it's just worth it. 
It's just worth it. It's, well, it's I, a 700 UD ticket. If I wasn't, if I wasn't building the Protos gasser, I, I might, I might just buy it. But no, I, I, I need to kind of, I need to cool it on the helicopter buying for a little bit. Hey, Black Friday, it's around the corner. Don't worry about it, buddy. I got you. <laughs> but other than that, man, just lots of flying. I'm really enjoying these neat, these machines. Uh, really enjoying my batteries. I got some, I'm really enjoying uh, working with them. And I'm looking forward to the, hear the very new news that's going to come out, hopefully, by Saturday. When you guys hear this, it'll be about a month away. So you already will know that we got a really talented new pilot that's going to come to the team and look forward to that. And I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I'll keep it mysterious, even though that by the time this comes like out, it. everybody will know. I like it. We should, uh, we should bring this mysterious pilot on the podcast once he's been announced or she, or she's been announced. <laughs> <laughs> funny, enough, it's he's, funny enough, he's already been on the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh one of one of 19 people to choose from guys <laughs> there we go yeah so that's pretty been bit much man i'm gonna get a bunch of flights this weekend but other than that that's where i stand all right keep us updated i think we have a uh, what was it a small wager to see who could hit the most flights by the end of the year i'm not gonna let you win so easily frank <laughs> i'm gonna take a well, week off in october and fly 20 20 flights a day for the whole week oh <laughs> uh, dude i i wish i could i wish i had the endurance for that it's, no, it's I, funny I couldn't make it more than two days. I tried. I tried to do it for three days, and I, I got, yeah, didn't work. I didn't get. I no. didn't get sixty flights in three days. <laughs> no, man, it's it's funny because I get to a point now where it just like you start like you just are have a brain dump by the end of the day. Like I can't do this anymore. My brain hurts. Like I'm trying to work on specific things, and at the end of the day, I don't know. Like I try to take. I try taking the the West plan where he's like. He plans out what maneuvers he's going to practice. He knows what he's going to the field to do that. So I go into the field every time with that mindset. And about within like the first 10 minutes of being there, I'm like, screw it. I'm doing parallel flips to this thing blows up. <laughs> nice. So I have, a, oh, I have a routine that I try to accomplish before I leave. And once that's done, then I have fun. I just do fun time. But my, my routine is it's like, you know, do forward figure eights, do backwards figure eights, do forward upside down figure eights, backwards upside down figure eights, flip in all directions at least twice, hover upside down in a circle, both directions. And that usually takes me about, I mean, that's a lot of things. And it usually takes me about five or six flights to do a, even an abbreviated version of that. Um, so usually like I, I only get maybe on an average field day, I only get like three flights where I just like have fun. Uh, but I, I, I do, I like, I'm trying to be very strict with the stuff that I practice because it's, you know, it's, it's better to, to be in a position and know what to do than, and the other, than the other, other way around. Yeah. I, I was at the Jamboree and some guys like doing TikToks nose, right. Where aileron TikToks with the nose to the right. And I was like, oh man, that's really cool. I said, can you do him with the nose to the left? He's like, oh yeah, for sure. Watch this. And he just like <laughs> spun the tail around and almost spun into the ground because it is not the same. Yeah, no, it's it, it's amazing how difficult TikToks are in the other direction when you're yep. so used to doing them one way. I, I've been trying to do, and I haven't done it in real life yet, so I haven't incorporated this into my my practice at the field. But I've been working on um, four point TikToks. Yep, and I can get I can do three point TikToks, but I cannot do that fourth point. Like on the fourth point, yep. I just fall into the ground. I was gonna say nose down TikToks are not as easy as you think. Dude, nose down TikToks are impossible for me because I've literally <laughs> never done them until I tried to do this uh, this training. And yeah, yeah. I, I can't do it. 
have you guys have you guys tried doing like upright TikToks skits in you? Have you guys have tried to do that? Ooh, I've ne- no, I have never tried that. Like elevator that, TikToks that, skids towards yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems like a good way to cut my face off. That's a sca- <laughs> scares the shit out of me. And I and I feel yeah, like it, and you can ask you can ask Javier because Javier knows that I fly high and far away. Like I, I fly high enough if something breaks, I can auto the helicopter down. Yeah. And and I do them high. I mean like 75 up in the air, 50 feet away from me. And every time I push toward me, I'm like, oh, it's getting too close. And it's probably still a hundred <laughs> feet away. Oh man, I've never even I've never even tried that. I I don't even I don't think I want to try that, to be honest. <laughs> so so funny enough, last night I'm on the I, I'm like talking with uh, Robert Monty. And he's like, tell me, oh, there's this F3 maneuver that's really cool. It's like big, it's like a big elevator rainbow, but at the end, you do, you roll into it and and go back at it the other way. I'm like, well, that's kind of fun. So I'm trying on the sim, and I think I messed around it for about 15 minutes, and I think I got one right. But yeah, those things are a brain scramble right there. So I don't quite know what you're talking about. So Frank, next time you do one on the sim, you should just take a small video or a small. No, so just think about a really elongated TikTok. So let's say you're going TikTok skids out, right? Once you get once you get to the end, you roll, and then you come back skids in, and you roll and you go back skids out. You understand me? Well, I mean, do you roll and then continue to do, to do then continue to do more moves, or is that is that how you finish it? You finish it. You yeah, roll you, you, in you, the TikTok. Yeah. Oh, that way. Oh, no, no, no. I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, um, I can do something kind of like that occasionally on the sim uh i've done it on accident in real life and managed to not crash the helicopter while doing it but it wasn't because i was doing it on purpose it was because the wind was pushing me around <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i can kind of do them if i transition from one side to the other right so if i go if i start and i roll in the middle of the rainbow and then flip around but to actually stop and do the roll and then come back that takes some that takes some uh, very well tuned fingers that i don't have yet Oh yeah, that kind of precision. Where I mean, that's what I love. I mean, I think it was actually a flight of his uh, that you're, you're talking about. I was watching where they do where you know it's just across the flight deck, left to right. But the but basically they never leave parallel orientation to the field. Like it, it's just like almost like they're flying on a rail, left to right, doing all these different mm-hmm. types of maneuvers. Like that is that blows my mind because even if I could even do those moves, to be able to do them without deviating across a patch of land, you know, like toward or toward you or away from you. Like that's just, that just amazes me. Like that kind of precision and skill. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Any more updates for you, Frank? Nope. Just, uh, no, that's about it, man. All right. Well, I'll, I will go, I will go next and then we'll just have to leave all the time for Javier. Cause I got a short one too. Um, I've been flying on the weekends. I can't fly this weekend. I'm actually heading out for the holiday. I was, unfortunately I was going to go, I was going to go tomorrow, but, um, looks like I'm on kid duty since schools and daycares are closed. So no flying for me. Um, I went uh, pretty much every weekend, though, for the last, I want to say almost two months now. And I think I've finally gotten to the proficiency that I was at uh, towards the end of the year, which I had mentioned in one of our previous episodes that I was a bit upset that it had taken me that long to get there. And then I think the, the crowning achievement was last week, um, I, th- I flew three flights or maybe four that were just nothing but pyro flips the whole flight. Um, nice. Like you, Frank, I do them like way up high. And yeah. I was only, you know, I'm only able to do a couple of them before I have to rest, before I have to, you know, like get my orientation back and then, and then get back up to the right elevation and then start spinning and then try it again. I've gotten to the point where I can flip upside down and stay in one spot so smoothly, but I cannot, 
I cannot do the inverse of it. So like it stays in one spot when I flip over and then I'm, I'm spinning. And then when I try to flip it back upright, it goes all over the place. So I got to work on that. Uh, and then I've had a really hard time doing it in the wind. Like I can do it on the sim pretty well, you know, but when I get into the wind, it's just one tiny gust of wind in any direction or depending on the way you, you flip over, like it'll just push your helicopter all over the place. So that's the thing I've been working on is, is trying to get him to stay in one spot, specifically on the inverted to upright transition. Uh, it's going to be a really long time before I can bring those down, you know, anywhere close to the deck. Are you doing Aki school or uh, how, what are you using for a technique? Um, you know, even though we had a whole conversation with Augie about his school of thought, I, uh, I could not really describe it to you at, at this point anymore. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm doing it by, I mean, I am doing it by feel, feel alone. If, if that, okay. if that answers that's the, the question. That's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not trying to break them down into, uh, pieces, oh, no. I guess. Yeah. No, no. It's, yeah. it's, it's feeling. And it's, it's that, that sweep of the stick that correlates with an elevator aileron move as the helicopter is spinning. And that yeah. is just a feel of the stick. And that's, yeah. I've got the feel down perfectly at, at pretty much any rotation speed. I can do them super fast, super slow. Yeah. I can let it spin for a few minutes and then flip and then no problem, yeah. but it's really getting it from upside down back to upright that I, I fall apart on. So yeah. once you get the timing down, you can almost look away from the helicopter because you know, it's just, timing. Oh yeah. Right, right, exactly. As long as you can, as long as you can take a look. Um, well, I guess you're saying that you could look away entirely for the whole thing, right? Because it's just timing. Yeah, like one, like for, for for me, anyways. Once I get them started and I go into it, you know, I can almost like look away from the helicopter, and it will usually just stay there. Sometimes it doesn't. But. Oh man, that that is my. I mean, that is the one thing besides the the, the four point TikToks, which are proving to be literally a hundred times harder than I first thought they would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to get the pyro flips to stay in one spot is my is my number one heli goal for them for the for the near term. So uh, that that's pretty much it for me. I haven't crashed anything um, of note. You know, I think I told you I, I ran my my oxy max into a tree because I'm stupid. Uh, I have no excuses on that one. Other than that, I haven't really crashed anything. And that's it. Yeah. So Javier, man, that's all you. All right, all right, all right. I feel like you haven't spoken oh. at all. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been, I've been saving, saving it. it. I've been saving it. I've been saving it. I've been, I've been savoring it. I've been making notes. Now, what? what remind me, guys. Did, did I? I don't think I've already talked about the last event, you have. which you, was you my. Have, you yeah, have about it. You yeah, have. you have. No matter, have. no matter what did you I? were going to say, right there, you've already talked about it. <laughs> you already talked about it extensively. Ah, come on, guys. Well, I'll have to talk about it again then. <laughs> uh, no i actually after after urcha there's just one uh one time that i've flown uh which is at uh, at my local event at the local field and the only the only other time that i'll be flying is actually this weekend tomorrow well uh, yeah tomorrow um tomorrow i'll be flying out at uh the chi west uh, fun fly, which is one of the Chicago land area fun flies, and uh, it seems like the uh, let's say uh, southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois crews have kind of like merged very nicely, and uh, you know we attend each other's events, and uh, you know it's it's been really really nice to to have those guys there. So I think that it's only fair to go there. Besides, you know they 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 have pretty good events and there's there's always something cool to watch on the uh, on the, on the last event that i uh, that i that i went to this our our swarm 
OnFly event, actually, it was more packed than I thought it would be. It, uh, I don't know how many pilots, probably above 20, which, you know, for us, for that field is, is a lot. And, uh, and it was pretty cool, I have to say, you know, devoid completely of flankers, you know, all the field, all to ourselves. No, um, no old guys saying that I cannot fly on the plane side and nothing of that sort, uh, just all helicopters. And it was, it was really fun. You know, there were plenty of, of, of things to see. And ironically enough, you know, being a, being a huge SAB fanboy, you know, I've never seen a Kraken 580, uh, you know, up close. You know, I saw them actually at Urcha, you know, but I saw them flying. You know, I didn't really know someone that had them. You know, most people had draws. You know, there were a few 580s. So, um, you know, I actually got to see one very up close. You know, one of the guys there had one. And, you know, man, it, it looks so nice. So nice. I, you know, the, the, the pictures really don't do justice to that helicopter. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the matte finish that SAB came up, it looks wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And, um, and actually it was, it was funny. And I, I, I felt bad for the guy because there were very few crashes on that event. And there actually were the, I think that the only two crashes were by the same guy, you know, it was very, very low on, on crash count, but I felt bad about the guy. He's actually um, one of the guys that is on Discord sometimes when, you know, when I, when, when I jump in and um, he was there and, uh, you know, he heard about my, my sad stories about the uh, 4651T receiver from, from Spectrum, you know, that, that it's known that it has that, that issue where it just basically dies. If you upgrade the firmware, you know, there's a firmware fix for it. If you upgrade the firmware, then that's fine. But before that, you know, the, the out of the factory unupgraded 4651 basically has the possibility of dying out on you. And, you know, it's a known story that, you know, my 570 uh, suffered from that fate. So I saw that he had a, what was it? A, uh, I think it was a Protoss Nitro. And he had a 4651. And he said, oh, I have this 4651. And he had like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what is it, gallons. I don't know, like four, three jugs of nitro. So he was like really ready to, you know, fly a lot of nitro. So he had that one. And I said, you know, you know, my friend, you should probably not fly that today until you operate the firmware on that receiver. Because, you know, I had that issue. And he said, oh, yeah, I know about that. But, you know, I'm just going to fly it. He's flying it. And I kid you not, the helicopter died and fell tailed into the ground so uh, i i don't know i don't know if it was the receiver to be honest with you i mean we don't know at this point i don't know if the if the if the if, you know if it was another issue if it was the, the throttle if it was something else with nitro because of course i again and again and again you know confirm how much i dislike nitro just not to use the H word. Down with the nitro. Down with the nitro. <laughs> <laughs> and because, you know, man, I mean, he, he was like, I don't know, before, before he crashed, he had like, he was like, I don't know, what was it? Like four minutes, five minutes, you know, with that. How, how do you call that thing? The, the starter? The, the thing, yeah. you know, that select, basically electric vroom, screwdriver, vroom, I think. Vroom. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, <laughs> you know, just... 
just and, and it just didn't, <laughs> you know and he he played with the, with the controller oh my and, god you know he, he, he's he, so he angry throttle and oh he's my god so, oh my god so uh, angry i always feel embarrassed for so, the people when that happens to them <laughs> i mean yeah i know and, and i and it's it's it it reiterates and reinforces that i will never own a nitro you know And even if I do end up flying one and end up liking it and, and say, oh, my gosh, yeah, this is it feels nice. I'll never have that have one. You know, I cannot tolerate so many issues that it can potentially have. I mean, I, I just can't. But um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, I, I felt really sorry for him that, you know, he crashed. It was it didn't seem like such a bad crash. Um, you know, the, the helicopter basically, you know, the, the motor died. So it fell, it, it fell down without power, but it fell in the tail. And um, it, it appeared that it actually damaged the frames, but no, it was the, um, the, the boom mount that got twisted. And that was kind of like sc screwing with the frames. So they, they look, it looked like the frames were, were twisted, but it was just that part because, because of the tail that it damaged that. Um, I think it was an aluminum part on the tail. So. So it was basically, you know, boom and, and blades and a few other parts, but I think that it was not not so bad. But overall, it was it was a very nice event. Um, some um, some people from the club actually that haven't been flying on the club, you know, all year, I think, and haven't been flying for a while, you know, actually attended the event. So that was pretty nice, you know. And these guys, you know, haven't hadn't been flying for a while, and they stay they still flew amazing. So it was good, you know. It was good to uh, to be there, to fly a little bit. Uh, you know, my, uh, my 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 crappy flying. I, you know, I. Calling I I'm calling bullshit on that because you, you don't, your flying is not crappy whatsoever. It is, and that, I want I want to tell this to everybody. When every time that Javier says his flying is crappy, I want you guys to all, all out there in the podcast world scream bullshit because he does this and then he pulls out some shit at the field when you're there. I'm like. Whoa, Javier! What the fuck did that come from? And that's what it, that's what it was like for me when I saw Javier fly for the first time. So none of that. Javier, when, Javier when you watch yourself fly, you're always more self conscious, and it feels like the helicopter's going really slow, right? But when other people watch you fly, they go, you know, no, it's not it's not going slow, but it feels different when you're the one driving, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and and it's and it's funny that that you say that, Wes. Um, I remember that one of the fun flies that I went to. You know, I started flying and one guy approached me and said, hey, dude, if you're going to be flying that fast, you should probably be flying more on the outside of the of the field. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do. You know, it sounds, a it sounds angry. <laughs> yeah, it sounds angry. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that when you, when you're flying, because you feel, you know, at this point, you know, with the maneuvers that I that I feel comfortable with, you know, I feel like I'm in control. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's, it's different. So I get, I, I get what you mean. And, uh, and we actually have another funny story about someone thinking that I was a professional pilot. Which... <laughs> <laughs> so Steven, uh, I feel like I've got like the exact opposite problem because I was, uh, I had someone film me recently as a friend of mine that feels like, Hey, can you just, you know, I, I don't have any flight films, uh, any uh, videos of me flying. Can you film me? And when I was done with the flight, I was like, man, That was so freaking bitching. Did you get that on film? That was awesome. And I watched the video. I was like, oh, actually wasn't impressive at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I thought, I, I thought I was the shit. And then it was not, it was, it wasn't all that impressive to watch. So I need to, 
I don't know. That kind of took the wind out of my sails there because I was like, all this time I've been thinking I've been fine really good. And it's like, nope, this is what I, people have actually been saying. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to see all your mistakes because you know where they all are. You know, you know where your tendencies are. You know, we're real hard on ourselves about this stuff. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm, I'm actually out of the, um, out of all the views, you know, I don't know, like 20 views that I get on my, on my YouTube videos. I'm probably, uh, 10 of those are mine. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I tend to, I, I like that. I like to, to view my own videos and see what I did wrong and see what I'm doing. And, and that's what I'm, I don't know if it's good or bad because I'm, I'm kind of like seeing, I'm doing the same darn flight over and over again. And, and, and I'm doing basically the same things. I know that I can do more and, you know, because of what I've been doing on the same, but of course, you know, my, my crashing has, uh, has reduced my level of confidence significantly this year. So, um, so I'll try, I'll try to, you know, when I hibernate again, I'll try to go into simming a little bit and see if I can, if I can do that. <laughs> that. That's, that's rough. You know, like it's, it takes, it takes many flights to recover to the point where you were, what I mean, I say you, uh, me, it takes me many flights to recover the level of confidence that I had once I have a bad wreck, because, you know, you get to the point where you're not really thinking about flying. You're just getting up there and doing things. And then when, when last time I had a big crash and I was like, well, now maybe I'm second guessing myself on every maneuver and then you don't fly as well and you get mad that you're not flying as well. So I, I feel you Javier. I have the same problem. Yeah. So, yeah. So I get over after I have to build a new kit. That's how I get over that. Every time I put one in really hard, I was like, all right, the, the pain that I'm going to have to suffer building this new kit, get me over this. That's your penance, huh? Yeah, that's my penance. <laughs> Good old-fashioned re-kit will we'll knock the shit, will knock that right out of you. So six months, later, six months later, you're flying again? Oh. Hey, I can build them a lot quicker now, man. Back in the day, it, it, he's he's not too far. Back in the day, it would take. I, I think it took me like three months to build like an NX four back in the day. So yeah, yeah. They, it Dude, took me a while. I'm still I'm still at that point. Like I, I think that I I probably could build a helicopter in a weekend. I never have. I usually build you know a couple hours here, a couple hours there. It usually takes me two or three weeks. Yeah, I, I can probably I build can... one out in three nights. In three nights, I can build an entire whichever brand. I don't care. You, you need more goblins. I mean, those things you can. I mean, you just uh, open the box, you put the you put the pieces, and it assembles fifty percent. Okay. First of, the of all, first, if you're gonna be a goblin fanboy, you gotta say it correctly. You just gotta shape the box, and the helicopter <laughs> falls built. <laughs> that's if you, well, you're gonna say it. Say it correctly. I did that with my five seventy. I shook the box, out came a five seventy, and then I spent four days wiring. There you go. <laughs> Well, so it takes me just... it takes me at least a whole night to wire a helicopter and it takes me at least a whole night to set up servos and a rotor head. Yep, me too. Absolutely. So like out of the out of and that and for for me, you know, sometimes like that could be a whole week if I'm if I don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate it to or dedicate right. it to it, you know, setting up the servos and getting the headset up and that could be yeah. four nights of 1 hour each. See, I do that before I fly it. Like I get to the field, like, oh shit, let me set up the head. Okay, it's done. Let's go fly it. Didn't your didn't your tail fall off? At the... Hey, I talk, we're talking about heads now, not tails now. We're talking about heads. Let's stay on topic, guys. All right. I'm sorry. And technically, I was I wasn't I wasn't the one flying it. It fell off. It, That's you true. Know? That is true. So it's not really my fault. 
even though I can't blame AJ for it. He did save it for me. You know, <laughs> so just saying, you know, let's be honest here. <laughs> People forget to put lock tight on shit all the time. You know? Oh man, I'm the I'm the master of that. I've I've vibrated like half the bolts out of my Oxy Five the first twenty flights of my up. My first uh, ninety size helicopter, uh, I forgot to put a servo screw in. Into the horn or into the mounting the screw? The... Into the, into the horn. Ooh, that's a good Ooh. one. How yeah. long did that last? <laughs> uh, it hovered for about four minutes, and nice. uh, then it just tipped over pretty aggressively oh yeah I, I feel like that would be a, a helicopter eating itself in midair kind of situation if without a yeah. without a servo but may, maybe maybe not yeah yeah no it was uh it was about two feet off the, maybe four feet off the ground <laughs> and it just went like full back elevator right into the ground <laughs> oh. yeah uh, and that was that a stacked frame excel oh. long, long time ago for your pain man yeah I feel your pain, dude. Yeah. Back when a crash was like a thousand bucks, you know, and a rekit Whoa. was even more. Yeah. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Are you, are you serious? Like, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Helicopters, helicopters wow. have gotten so much cheaper over the years, you know, and I know everyone complains about how expensive they are, but like a, a really nice, like graphite or pro from back in the day, you know, in Excel, a miniature aircraft, you know, they were $2,200 probably. Wow. And that is uninflated dollars, right? Like those mean? are 2,200 yeah, asking then, price back then. Then, then yeah. That, like that in, is bonkers, man. Say 99 or something like that. A 99 SE was like uh, $1,700, I think, or something. You know, so. Is that just a kit or all, all up flying? No, that's just the kit. Mother effer? Yes. Holy, I, I, would not, yes. I would not have been able to afford this hobby, even with yeah. a good job. Yeah. If, yep, if yep. the kit itself was two grand, like that is, yes, that's yeah. nuts. A, a 700 size helicopter cost that. And then, um, you know, kind of after that, a line came out. And ever since then, it's almost been like a race to the bottom of who can have yeah. the most budget friendly helicopter, you know? But now, so a lot, a lot of that up? was made in the US, though. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot yeah. of sense then. Yeah. You know, I've got a, uh, I've got an American an American Strat uh, guitar. Yeah. And that is four times as much as the uh, Mexican version, right? Yeah. Or the Korean, I forget where they are, where else they're made. And the material, the material quality is obviously as part of it, but then you're paying a very nice living wage to the person who's building it for you. Yeah. The labor. Yeah. And honestly, man, I, I am uh, kind of to move, we move that conversation to, you know, manufacturing in the USA. I, uh, I am absolutely happy to start spending more money, uh, to support companies in the United States. I just, I don't think I would be able to be as active just financially. I just wouldn't be able to do it as much as I'd be happy and wanting to do it. Yeah. I definitely well, wouldn't have four 700 size helicopters. <laughs> yeah. At least back then, you know, it was a little bit more of, uh, I don't know. I want to I don't want to say people don't take pride in their stuff now, but people back then definitely took a lot of pride in what they were doing. You know, uh, you wouldn't go and see somebody come to the Jamboree and smash a helicopter and then rebuild it and then smash it again. You know, you wanted everything balanced. You wanted everything, you know, true. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, at that point, you know, you're, you're flying essentially a, a small used car worth of helicopter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause what would you say like, if the kit was that much, what would you say a well, very nice example of an, 
like a very nice example of helicopter uh, all up cost. You know, I, I really don't remember. Uh, servos were a lot less expensive. Let's go there, right? So, um, so I think servos were maybe a hundred bucks a piece for Futaba. What were they? Oh, I can't remember the part number now. But anyways, uh, something 9252s, I think they were 9252s were maybe like a hundred bucks a piece. And then uh, a tail servo was maybe 80. And then uh, depending on what you wanted for a gyro, you know, most people would do like a uh, the 601 gyro. And I can't remember how much they were, maybe 250, 300 bucks, I think. And then you'd have a GV1 governor. I don't remember how much those were, maybe 200 bucks. Then you had to have a receiver and it was probably another $200. You kind of got $200 to death here. Well, we're, I mean, we're at the, depending on the starting point of the kit, we're up to around 3000 at that point. Oh yeah. Was this, yeah. was this, an, and, and these were nitros, right? So now yeah, you got nitros, engine. So you got a, yeah. an engine. Yep. Engines have gotten crazy expensive. I want to say an engine was maybe $300 and a muffler was like a hundred to 120 for a, a Hattori. And then, um, wow. uh, so they didn't come with painted canopies either, uh, usually. So you'd have to go and get somebody to paint the canopy for you, or you'd learn to paint yourself or something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, it looks like 3,500 wouldn't be out of the, out of the question then for all, yeah. for all that price. That's, that's no, crazy. Not, not, uh, that's not, not unlikely, you know, and, and you can spend that on a helicopter today pretty easy as well, but. But you right, but like you know, like what you're saying, like you there's also options to. where you don't have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And um, but you're right, right. Yeah, definitely, you could you could uh, you could find a 700 for 3500 without yeah. looking too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Javier, was there? Um, I know we kind of interrupted you and derailed your conversation again. So yeah, there, yeah, uh... <laughs> that's 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 fine. That's fine. I actually was thinking that there's not many more bullet points until I actually go to the events tomorrow. Because all you know, as I said, you know, all I've been doing is just uh, I flew that 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 time at the Swarm Funfly event. Uh, the only other thing that happened was that one of my chargers died, and uh, apparently, along with it, the company. So that was that was a bummer. Um, now I can bad luck there, dude. Yeah, and it seems like I, actually I can't get it repaired because I did get an answer from uh, from Howard. Um, well, what happened is that. You know, Rev Electrics died, and um, apparently the uh, one of the employees, Howard, is going to start doing like his own repair business. He, you know, he worked like twenty five years for Rev Electrics, so he's gonna do, you know, all the all the repairs for Rev Electrics, of course, out of warranty because Rev Electrics no longer exists. So he's gonna put like his own little repair shop. But um, but apparently the chargers that I have, which are the GT series, were designed in Singapore. Um, you know, the PL6 and the PL8 were designed in the US, but the GT were designed in Singapore. And he says that he doesn't have all the drawings. So um, so it seems like I'm, I, I, I may have to start considering going to something else, at least to replace that one, that one charger, which what is a bummer. ISDT or? I yeah, charger? I'm thinking about an ISDT, what is it, the Q8, I think, which is the small, the small one. Uh, I'm, did I, I'm did thinking I tell about you, that. Javier, that I had the same problem, almost the exact same time that you did. My I only had one charger, the uh, 306B, and it and it died on me after six years of service. 
So I, uh, I went with the ISDT uh, P30 and I have been incredibly happy with that charger. That, that thing is, is a powerhouse. It, it's, it's actually, I thought my, my 306 was powerful. This thing is insanely powerful. Is that the duo? Yeah, it's, it's dual up to 1500 watts. Okay. Isn't that the one that you, that, that, you know, it only takes wall power? Uh, or do you have it actually only... connected to like a P, uh, power supply? Mine's connected to, yeah, yeah, no, no, mine has to go through a power supply first. I have a 1500 watt power supply. Okay. And then I'm able to charge at 30 amps per channel. And I still pair, I still parallel charge. Uh, so I, I can charge all of my Ooh. batteries at one time. <laughs> okay. I have, I'm, I'm I have been parallel charging for like six years. I haven't had, but one of these days, I'm sure I'll have a problem and I'll never do it again. Yes. Yes. Um, um, yeah. I, I'm, you know, as, 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 as uh, we've talked about it before, I try to be very, very conscious of taking care of the batteries because I do also parallel charge. So I, I do try to be very conscious of, uh, of how I maintain the batteries to avoid issues. So, um, you know, a uh, quick recap. What I do is that I, every time that I go fly, I return and I put the, um, I put the, uh, the, the batteries independently to cycle storage to 3.8 volts per cell. So I do that with every single battery every time I go fly. Either I do it right after I, I return to fly or, you know, later on the evening or at the max the next day, but I always do that. And then when I, when I charge them, I connect the main leads first. And sometimes I will, I will use a, um, you know, a uh, battery checker and, and verify it takes you know a few seconds for them to balance out uh, and make sure that they are at the same voltage. And then I connect the balance leads and then I stop start charging. So I've been um, I've been very careful to try to you know avoid any any issues. And and to be honest with you, I, that's part of why I really like the Revo Electrics chargers because the one that died, uh, you know, it died. You know, it didn't cause a fire. You know. So it, it actually started having faults before. I, I believe actually that it has a short on the power input. So, um, you know, first it started giving me some issues that uh, it gave me error messages and then it just died and it actually like reboots itself. But what I like is that it actually just died. You know, it, it didn't cause an accident. So that's why I kind of like grown fond of the Revo electric chargers. I kind of have a have placed a good amount of faith on them so i'm kind of bummed yeah. that i have to swap brand but uh well, we'll I mean, see. ISTT is a great brand if you want to go that route i mean obviously there's others out there as well um yeah. wes i am i'm curious if you have any cautionary tales for myself uh, and our listeners about why know, i would not want to do parallel charging i've just seen some people catch their garages on fire parallel charging and uh, were they doing yeah. everything right and it caught on fire or were they did they make some mistakes because i've seen a pretty awesome fireball but it was definitely user error and it was you know, very obvious user error yeah i mean that's a good question I, I tend to go and probably lean towards most of the problems are more than likely going to be user error but i mean i can tell you from mistakes i've made in the hobby that you know i've made mistakes that i would consider to be user error and mess things up and built helicopters wrong and things like that, but I didn't do it intentionally. You know, mm -hmm. I know better. I knew better, but just, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's just a little too risky for, uh, at least for me anyways, to, 
to do that. You know, I've, I've got a friend, for example, that, uh, he takes all his batteries to the flying field in storage voltage. He will not charge his batteries at his home, you know? And so, uh, he's, uh, you know, afraid they're going to catch on fire. If he has a wreck with the vehicle, it's going to be an even bigger fire if the batteries are charged with all that energy. And so yeah. he wants to uh, do it all from, uh, do it all from the field. And so, uh, I occasionally, if I, I think I'll have time, I might charge at the field, but, uh, um, at least show up with no packs charged. You know, I, I definitely charge at the field, but. I actually usually do that. I, I usually show up with none of my packs ready to go. Cause I'll okay. put them in, I'll, uh, you know, I usually just get there and then I get everything out. Like I set my charger up first, I start charging everything and then I get everything set up. And by the time I've you know gotten my coffee and talked to a couple people and got yeah. my helicopters ready, then the batteries are charged. Yeah. Um, I actually, you know, when I went to Ercha, I woke up very, very early. I charged all my batteries. I put them on my bags. I got in the car and then I drove, uh, you know, about four or five hours to Ercha with everything charged on the, on my car. I'm, on glad, the trunk, so. I'm glad that you didn't get eaten by an alligator. Cause I've seen what happens to lipos when alligators eat them. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy, huh? Crazy video. I feel but, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I really feel I'm, sorry for the alligator because that dude's probably got lasting damage internally. But I'm on the same camp as Wester. I don't charge anything at home anymore. I just don't. Yeah. I got fast. I got fast enough chargers where I can charge a pack in 15 minutes. I just go to the field and I just start charging right away, and then I start my flying. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. And if you have a, you know, if you have a beefy charger with a beefy power supply, man, it's it's. It's crazy how much of a, um, uh, it, it used to be, char you know, charging batteries used to be a huge inconvenience for me because I had to do sure. one by one, took forever. It would take like eight hours to charge all my batteries. And it's just nuts how, how much of an inconvenience has turned into like, an, like no big deal when you can charge everything relatively quickly with a powerful enough setup. So it's, 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 not, even a, it's not even an issue, I think, uh, if you have power at the field. I know, Javi, you don't have power at your field, which makes, makes that an enormous issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have power and I don't, and I don't have a, a generator and I don't have a, you know, a, a, a portable setup, a portable charger setup. Well, I do. Well, but, as we, as we all know, you know, yeah. generators are just nitro helicopters without blades. So. Right. I'm so sure I, you I hate, cannot have one. Yeah. Course. You'd hate that too. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, you sound like a good candidate for a nitro, you know, no, no generator, no, uh, no place <laughs> exactly. to charge at the field, you know, it's like well, I pre all my batteries. So. You're, 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 we need to get you into a 90 size helicopter, 90 size nitro. Uh, Good old no. fashioned. You know, Good I'll, fashion. I'll fly it. I'll fly it. I'll, I will not own it. I'm, I'm, you know, I cannot, I cannot, uh, live with, uh, with not having my stuff being ready to go. You know, uh, the, the stuff that I use, you know, every single piece of equipment that I have, I've chosen it because of reliability, you know, and you know me every time that, something doesn't work i just jump out of it you know i i need my stuff to be reliable so well see you say that though you say that but then you won't you won't entertain a gasser and a gasser has none of the issues that you claim to have with nitro it doesn't have smoke it doesn't it's not like sticky residue everywhere the fuel isn't expensive it doesn't have temperamental you know starting not starting fits just get a gasser it's, it's, man. it's just fat it's slow and that's just what it is so yeah fat slow <laughs> and reliable Frank, do you ever have trouble getting your nitro to start? No, my starts in about within within like 
two or three burps of, the, of my starter. Yeah, same here. I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, I get it. I've been there. I've had the trouble with nitros, but you know, once you go and start to become a little bit more knowledgeable, you don't have problems anymore, you know? Like, so, so let's say I have a problem. Let's say I got too much fuel in my carburetor. All I okay. do is pull out my glow plugs, hit it with the starter a few times, Blow put the glow, yep. yeah, and then put the, uh, the starter back on it and boom, yeah. I'm up in the air. Yeah. What about it won't idle and it, it starts, but it, it, it dies in three to five seconds. You know, we need a glow plug, have, you know, that's true. Or you have your idle set too low or you have yep. a diff, uh, major change in temperature and you have to adjust for that. Yeah. These what if you go that, to a fun fly with Javier and you sit there for 30 minutes with the wand? Oh, well, then you need to ask it. somebody for help. <laughs> you know? like, what's, what's that troubleshooting situation? So, yeah. so, so what you do then is you log into Facebook, you go to Nitro Nation, and then you ask Rob Bingham or Tom Chen to give you a hand with, you, with the hell, give you some advice, and then they'll, they'll make fun of you for about half an hour. Tell they'll get buy, your shit worked out. Tell you to buy a YS. Yes, they'll tell you to buy a YS, which you should never do that. No, I'm kidding. No, no. Have, have you seen Marco's YS video of him flying his YS on his Nitro? I have, yeah. Wow. That guy has every ounce of power coming out of that motor. On a little 91. On a little 91, yep. he has all, yep. all, all the power yep. coming out of it. All right. So, Colin, you're going to have to give me some backstory on, on why you said, you know, you guys were joking around with that motor. Is it What's wrong with YS? So me, me and I'm willing to bet that, you know, a smart ass Wes says he's a, he's an OS man. Like I am, you know, strong and reliable. Yep. yep. I see that. Well, I see that smiling and nodding. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's there with me. We're on the same boat there, but those YS motors, man, they can just generate some stupid amount of power and they're unreliable. They're unreliable. They, they can cause some problems. There's been some issues with them and quality control. I think I, I I know Frank saying unreliable. I'd probably go with their temperamental. They have tempers and they and they yeah. get they get upset easily. You know, if you get the uh, like the temperature changes, and you're not uh, you don't have it tuned back correctly, it's just gonna run like crap, and it's gonna be super frustrating. And you're gonna go, this thing has no power, and then you're gonna watch your buddy over here just going ballistic with his going, you know, how come mine has no power? And it's usually a, a tune or some of them, sometimes they don't just, they just don't pull, you know? So yeah. on a YS, so uh, some of them are great and others are less than great. Difficult. Difficult. So, see, there you go, Javier. You just don't get that one. Get the other one. Yeah. See, I mean, <laughs> you're all giving me reasons not to go nitro. I mean, <laughs> but, I but I tell you what, man, my, o my OS starts pretty well. My OS starts here in South yeah. Florida. It started in yeah. Virginia. Yeah. It started in Muncie. It started yeah. in California. There's a reason why they all start there, because if something goes wrong, I, there's a checklist that I know to follow to get me back in the air, you know? That that's the problem, you know. You you you're talking about all these all these, uh, you know. Oh, if this happens, I have to do this. Oh, if this happens, I have to do this. Oh, if th I mean, which you have learned by experience, by experience now. But you know that really doesn't happen. I mean, there there there's there. My point is, there's more things that can go wrong in a nitro, basically. Okay. So the same things that can go wrong in an in an electric, mostly, you know, servo horns, you know, the the swash not being leveled correctly, the tail not being not being true, you know. Uh, uh, configuration issues with your corrections uh, on the flywheel. You know, all of these things are common, right? Between 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 electric and and nitro. Nitro plus 
you add this whole bunch of uh, of of potential issues that granted yeah you can learn through time to to fix but there's still you know there's a whole additional layer of problem of potential problems that you can have with your helicopter so you know that's 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 just not for me that's just there is me. but you can go and fly a flight and land fill it right back up with fuel and be back up in the air in three minutes if you want to even less if you really if you're really you yeah. can land still running the motor fill it back up and shoot, shoot right back up in the air you can well, you can fly an entire rx back like that but, but yeah. that's no different than an electric i mean you can i mean you have enough i mean what i do you know i have enough enough packs to fly the time that i have to fly so I don't, I don't need to, I don't charge at the field. So I have everything pre-charged. So it's basically the same. I mean, I land, I keep, pick up another battery, put it in, plug it in, go fly, get back, get another pack in, plug in, go fly. It's basically the same thing. If you have charged batteries, of course, I mean, that, that depends that you have charged batteries, but that's, you know, I'm talking about my personal perspective that I do that. I arrive with enough charged batteries. You know, I usually have four batteries for helicopters. So um, I just go in and put in another one and then I fly. So it's, it's basically the same thing. I mean, you will eventually run out of, of fuel. You'll eventually run out of batteries. It's exactly the same thing. It's just more reliable to do it with electric. Well, I can't argue with you on that one. It is more, and electrics are more reliable. But, you know, like Wes, like me, they've been flying nitros for a long time. It doesn't, it's not, it's not a, as long as I have the tools to do what I got to do, I can be back up in the air in no time. Granted, I need electric motors don't get worn out and nitro motors do. Uh, but ESC blows up. The ESCs can, can blow up, you know, so can nitro motors. So, yeah, I don't know. To me, bearings, it's pretty... Bearings go out on electric motors. They go out on nitros, you know? That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. I, yeah, well, uh, electric motors usually don't disintegrate themselves you know if 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 a part is loose within the motor you, you know you don't disintegrate the motor i mean usually yes, you do <laughs> if uh, a know, magnet yeah. comes loose it's a bad day if a stator comes <laughs> loose that's a bad day dude oh yeah but i mean how how often does that happen compared to a night to a nitro engine i've never I, actually I seen I, that happen I, I i look forward to the day that i do those really? another mile i think i saw three at urcha this year oh man yeah so so nitro engines, if they're running, if they're if they're running good and they're broken in correctly, how many flights, how many guys do you have through through your uh, Diabolo Nitro uh, West? Uh, probably at this point, like fifteen. Fifteen gallons, right? And you're yep. probably getting yep. what seven flights a gallon. Uh, yeah, that's flights. fair. That's fair. Seven. Yeah. So what are we talking about there? Seventy-five flights and not a single issue, right? Other than glow plugs. Other than glow plugs. Yep. Yep. Okay. And have those flights are about your engines. I have not rebuilt that engine yet. No. No, no rebuilds. Yeah, Javier, you built that engine maybe every depending on how you're flying it. And if you're trying to like squeeze all that out of power to it, it's gonna wear out faster. But if you're just if you're just using it out there to go out and fly and have a good time. And not try to destroy it and keep stay on it the whole time. That motor will last a while. That motor will last a while. Like I probably have, I've had, I probably have a motor right now that's in the Protos Nitro. There's probably 100, 100 flights on it easily. 100 gallons or 100 flights? 100 flights, 100 flights. 
Yeah, hundred gallons. That would be that's. Uh, I'm putting that thing around. I think after. I haven't even replaced the the ring or the bearings on it. I'm still on the factory ring and bearing on that. Oh, oh and I rekitted it. <laughs> and I and and I rekitted that helicopter. I rekitted that nitro. I still have using the same motor on it. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, I I have the same electric motors, and I have I've had multiple crashes. I've had to change the bearings once on one motor, and that was not because of wear on the motor. That was because um, I don't know what happened if I put my belt ultra ultra tight or I didn't put my pulley correctly or something. But um, the the pulley basically welded itself into the um, into the shaft, so I could not get the pulley out of the shaft for there some really reason. Is. And so <laughs> I had to actually pull the shaft out. And then I said, "Oh, I'll just change the bearings." I mean, if I have it open, I mean, why not change the bearings? So. I changed the bearings on it and I made a video to YouTube, you know, how to change the bearings. But that's the only reason why I changed the bearings, not because of, of any other issue. And I've crashed my helicopters multiple times, usually under power. And, you know, the motors just leave on and leave on and leave on and leave on. So I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, I think we have reached the end of Javier's updates. <laughs> oh come on come on there's so much nitro hate coming out of me still <laughs> no let's uh we'll be respectful of wes's time um, so let's get to the uh, let's get to the main topic yes of the evening which is i'm assuming how to organize run and generally plan for and put on a successful urcha event sure yeah unless of course that is incorrect in which case frank please no, no, that's exactly <laughs> where I wanted to go to. No, I, really I thought the episode was, uh, you know, how uh, how Wes knows the Kardashians. Okay, <laughs> we can go there. <laughs> I also no, have a no. Kardashian Kardashian story that I will throw in there at some point. Uh, no, but for sure, as someone that's like myself that runs their own event, you know, I know how stressful it is, and my event is a fifth or a twenty percent or not even. Not even a not even a percent on how big Urcha was this year, you know. Sure. Yeah. So, so I thought that we would talk about what what is it like you guys start doing and how far, how soon do you start planning? So for... the first the first thing I have to address is that I, I'm fine. We call the event Urcha. It's the Urcha Jamboree, yeah. But so Urcha is an organization, and we have volunteers, right? And so we could not go and do what we do without the volunteers that we have just flat out right there. If we were to not have the help that we have to do what we do, it wouldn't be possible. Just you, you wouldn't see anything that you see and what happens happens is because of the volunteers. So while we go and we put together the event and we organize it and everything, uh, the volunteers are 100% there that, you know, that I guess get stuff done for us. So. All right, so can, can we shout out some volunteers? Because I think that sure. they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the unsung heroes, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can definitely shout out some volunteers. The The group we got to kind of start with, it, and it's a group of volunteers from St. Louis. They're the Whirly Birds, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, they just, uh, I mean, man, you just don't understand how much effort and time they put into going and getting stuff done and uh, getting the field set up 
that would be probably the one group of guys that I'd have to give the, the biggest shout out to. There's a lot of other people that do a lot to help, but they got to be the, the group that uh, I'll, uh, I'll put in there. Um, I'm going to try and say their names. We got Matt, TJ. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to punt here and uh, figure out what their names are, but I can't remember. I think there's two more. So there's a total of four of them. They're yeah, kind of the I've, primary I've, guys. I've known TJ since my first OHB, which was 2016. Oh, cool. Great, great dude. Yeah, he's a yeah. great guy. Yep. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anybody, if I, I know I'm not on the Archer or anything, but I want to give a shout out to Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy. He was, he, Another he, was putting, yeah. he was putting in the work, man. You know, that's, oh, yeah. I, he's, he's such a good dude, such a wholesome dude. And yep. a great pilot too. He put the he bit he beat the piss out of my uh V two. Yep. Flying it. And yep. he's all very like, oh great machine. And he, he really yeah. gets into it. So a lot of really good dude. Yeah. And he's just like Javier. He thinks he sucks, you know? Yeah. You know, there's being humble, but you know, sometimes he takes it too far. For sure. For sure. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Shaggy can yeah, Shaggy can fly. Yeah. He, yeah, he can. He's gotten really good. Yeah, you see, I can't say I, I suck. I mean, compared compared to those type of levels. <laughs> Javier, Javier, you are a special kind of being. You're, you're a special kind of being. Hey, Wes. It's, um, it's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. I just, I just wanted, you know, since we were on the topic of, you know, all, all the volunteers and, you know, it's it's funny, but I, I actually hadn't thought about it, but um, you know, all the, all the fields, you know, you, uh, you know, I assume that, you know, they put all the, all the canopies and they set up kind of like the overall layout of the field, but yep, I wanted yep. to know if, uh, if, you know, because I, I, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, the flight stations, they mow a little circle, um, you know, on each of the flight stations. So all that little things, is that like AMA stuff or they, they, they just give you the field and do whatever you, you want with it. And you use all, all the volunteers to do all that. I mean, everything that has to be done. Everything. So we showed up at, at uh, AMA to start flying for the Nats and getting set up for the Nats, getting set up for the Jamboree. I showed up, I believe, on Friday and uh, there was like no grass mode at site four or where we do the Nats at uh, when we showed up. So, um, I mean, and when I say no grass mode, you know, when you go and you walk through that grass, that's say in the pit areas in those places, you know, it's not like above your shoe is how I would describe it. Right. But when we, when we showed up there, it was above your ankle, uh, the height of the grass. So we had to get that mowed down to an acceptable height. And then, you know, if you go out a little bit further from where, you know, the pilots say you go out from the pilot station, you know, outside that circle, the grass gets really long. Right. And that's because AMA doesn't mow any of that. We mow that. So everyone has a place to take off and land from and, you know, not tip their helicopter over or catch a blade in the grass or something like that. That, uh, that actually surprises me. Um, Cause I thought that that site was used pretty much year round uh, and that they would keep that trimmed or, or is it just, they just kind of mow on demand kind of thing. So yes, the answer is just, yes, it gets used okay. year round, uh, but uh, they do mow on demand. And so, um, you know, some years it's mowed a little better than what it was this year, let's say. Uh, but, uh, this year it was not, uh, it was quite a bit of work for us to get the site up to uh, the par of what you saw there, Javier. 
Okay. Yeah, that, that's well, a lot of work. That's a lot of it work. It is. Sure. It is. Yeah. And we got people that just love to mow. You know, they can mow. <laughs> uh, we do use AMA's mowers for all that. So they let us use their equipment to do all this. But uh, but we have to uh, we have to put in the effort. So, you know, the last time that you were on here, we were talking about how Urcha had um, declined in, in total numbers uh, over sure. the years, starting from its heyday. I'm, I'm curious how this year turned out. Like, did you guys have, uh, was it, I mean, obviously, I think anything would have been more than last year, right? But yeah, yeah. compared to the year before, like how did 2021 and 2019 compare to each other? Uh, what years did you say? 2019 and 2021? Well. I was imagining that 2020 would have been small regardless yes, just because yeah. of COVID. Yep. So I didn't know if maybe 2019 was the best year to compare it against uh, in recent. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably, but it's probably still definitely not a uh, fair comparison, you know? So hmm. um, 2019 had uh, uh, international, comp- international companies and oh, people right. from around the world there. Right. And so uh, none of those people were able to come to uh, this year's Jamboree or last year's. So uh, you know, we had, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's been an inter- international event for a long time. And this year we've had to kind of, um, you know, make it a little more domesticated, let's call it because of, uh, you know, COVID. So were there literally no international companies this year? So there's companies, just-, just no, uh, no real representatives from their countries there to represent their company. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Or yeah. international pilots, I guess. Yeah. Or the international yeah. pilots, all that stuff. Oh man. That, that I didn't realize that. I knew some people weren't coming because I knew, you know, like Luca had posted about how he wouldn't yeah. be able to make it, but I, yeah. I didn't realize that it was kind of a, across the boards. No one was coming from, uh, from overseas. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, almost no one like con Pinoy always comes right. Uh, Frank and he's yeah. not able to come. And, and so uh, Kenny Coe's been a few times, he's not able to come. So, you know, there's a lot of people that come, but just weren't able to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, overall the, the setup and, um, and, you know, I think that, you know, you, you guys probably put the bleachers and stuff, but it, do you leave everything else to the, um, you know, to each of the, of the, of the, let's say company attendees, you know, each of them put their own canopy. And uh, because I did notice that they were kind of marked, you know, like, yeah. like each yep. Cam- yep. canopy had kind of like a mark. So I was wondering if sign, you yeah. like preset everything for them or, you we know, do. just. Yep. Yep. So when, when, um, if anyone's interested in becoming a sponsor of the Jamboree, the sponsor packet is on our website, uh, from last year, we haven't put next year's on there yet, but basically the sponsor packet goes and outlines everything that you get for your dollars in coming to the Jamboree. And one of the things you get is a tent. So you get your tent. You get chairs, you get tables, uh, and and all these type of uh, accoutrements that uh, uh, allow you to ha- have a place to call yours. So, and then they set up all their stuff inside that. So, oh, okay, nice. So, so it's it's a lot more work, you know. To be honest with you, it's a lot more work than I thought, you know, on you guys, you know, on on the board yeah. and on the volunteers. You yeah. know, I thought that, you know, the the, the work was probably more spread out, you know, um, with, uh, with, with some of the people that, that attended there, but it seems like, you know, most of the stuff you guys do, that's impressive. Yeah. So the hard labor of, uh, setting up the tents, I'm not going to lie. We don't do that. Uh, we rent the tents from a company, uh, in the area and they actually, uh, come and set up the tents for us, put them all up and, uh, take them all down. So, uh, this year, uh, we got a little bit of help because they, uh, actually, kept the uh 
tents up for or some of the tents up for the uh drone guys the what is it something gp oh yeah yeah uh they had their event uh after hours so okay cool okay yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, you still have to organize all of that. So. Oh yeah, we have to set up who's going to be where and 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 how to uh, to lay the field out and everything like that. So, uh, we, we probably start working on field layout maybe two months before the jamboree. Uh, that's kind of one of the later things we really start uh, start get going. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, how many years have you been have you been doing this now? I've been doing this uh, since about 2016. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. And it, is this something that you are able to continue functioning in this capacity indefinitely, or does it require your position on a board, which is up to people who vote? That's a good question. So the positions uh, are, um, well, there's no term limit. No, maybe I should put it that way. There's no term limit in our bylaws for our okay. officers. So, so, so you could continue doing do this it. as long as you have the passion to do it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is actually one of the things we're kind of working on right now is our structure and organization. So let's say that, um, you know, uh, someone decides to leave from one of the, from the group of the five of us and, uh, that person's going to be replaced. So, um, uh, what is it you would say you do here, you know, to quote <laughs> something, you know? And so, um, we're trying to go and come up with some descriptions of, Hey, so what is it you do? And, uh, and how do you do it? You know, so take the, the specifications person, from the customers and give it to the engineers. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, that, that's what, what we're trying to do is, uh, is make it a little bit easier for if we do have a vacancy, you know, we're able to give the next person a little better job description of what they're getting themselves into. And the other thing we're kind of finding is, you know, uh, we need to share the workload of what we're doing. And so, uh, you know, it, it can become easy for, uh, you know, some people to get overwhelmed by what they're doing. And, uh, you know, when one person's got this list and, you know, the sometimes work is being done twice, you know, so, Hey, there's no reason for us to do, uh, this work twice. Let's get somebody else involved and get them to be a part of what we're doing here. Very cool. Very cool. What would you say the, um, is there a, is there a moment at every urcha, which where you're just, you know, very satisfied with the work that you've done. It's like, man, this is so cool. We're seeing it all come together. Uh, I guess kind of trying to think about like favorite moments of the, of the jamboree is, is does something happen every year that you're like, ah, this is why I do this. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, this year, uh, this year was that Frank showed up. So that's that why Frank showed up. Yeah. This is why good. I do that all of this. Good. So I can yeah, see Frank. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I would say I, I enjoy hearing from all the people throughout the year, getting a, getting opinions on things we could go and do better. Uh, we, we definitely all enjoy um, uh, uh, doing a lot of the stuff that it takes to keep the organization going and, uh, and trying to be a positive light with AMA because uh, Urcha is the SIG special interest group to the AMA for helicopters. So if uh, a person from AMA has a question about helicopters and maybe a future safety rule or something they want to address, they'll kind of come to us and go, all right, guys, what's the deal with, you know, this, we keep hearing about this, or we've had this problem, you know, what can you tell us about it? Cause we don't understand. So, so building on what you just said, you know, a couple of years ago, you guys had actually the AMA there to look at night flying and spotlight yep. night and yep. Yep. So from there, what, what's the procedure that happens after that? Like, guys so, here, look, 
This yeah, is so, safe. Exactly. So we went and said, Hey, you know, we think that this could probably be done safely. Uh, we had some, uh, let's just go with some squeaky wheels that uh, wanted to go and, and see if they could get an audience of the AMA during the jamboree to go do spotlight flying. And so uh, we got them the audience to go and do that. You know, we're talking about people that are maybe like professionals in the hobby to go and uh, watch these people operate. And the people that we maybe had operate, I don't think were the best people to use for that. They may be, um, you know, if you'd have watched them fly a helicopter during the day, you might not have thought much of uh, the helicopter group just because of the way they behaved. And so uh, it kind of left a sour taste with AMA, you know? Okay. And so, um, you know, that was probably our fault for letting it happen like that. But, uh, you know, um, it happened, it happened. So those are the types of things that we, uh, we end up getting involved in though. So is we try not to go and push our opinion too much of, you know, Oh, we want to do it like this, or we want to do it like that, but we'll ask opinions of other people or, uh, the stakeholders in the industry, the companies that are out there that are, you know, sponsors of the jamboree that are out there, you know, pushing and trying to go and, uh, and make the hobby better. And, uh, you know, Hey guys, what do you think of this? So interesting. You, know, you, you, you brought up you brought up the night flying thing, and, and actually, I just want to kind of change gears just a little bit to talk about that yeah. because night flying is something that you know, honestly, until I started doing the podcast with with you guys, you know, I had I had never heard of it before. It's not something that you see on your own. You know, you got to be part of a group of people that that does it. And you go to a club and all that kind of stuff, or or just have a group of friends that are really into it. So I didn't even know that was a thing until a couple of years ago, and I was talking with a friend of mine at the field who's not a helicopter pilot. And I was mentioning this, this night flight that I'd seen and he got his panties all in a bunch and was like, that's illegal. You can't do that. The FAA, the uh, government, whatever. Like you can't, you can't do this. No one should do it. No one's ever allowed to do it. I was like, man, I feel like a night flight like, killed your mother or something. Why are you so upset about this? Because especially if it's not something that you personally do um, or have any, any contact with. So is, is there a, and since you just mentioned that you had to actually go try to get permission for it to like, what's the status of this? Is it something that's, so not really uh, allowed. Let's, let's people just do make, it anyway, kind of like let's driving make sure over we're it. talking about the same thing here, right? So, uh, what Frank's referring to with a night flight is flying the helicopter with handheld illumination, which is done by a spotlight. Right? Yeah. So yeah, you know, you can right? go by like these, you know, uh, super bright lights, say at Harbor Freight or something like that, and you know, shine it at your helicopter and fly your helicopter that way. So. Um, the AMA put in their safety code that flying with handheld illumination uh, and, uh, was not uh, an approved way to fly a helicopter, you know? So uh, whatever and however you want to go and take that, that's what they say the model needs to be sufficiently lit. You know, what does sufficiently lit mean though? You know, so there, there is some, um, uh, some vagueness that's used in it. Um, okay. We've also had some people that spotlight fly at the Jamboree and it tends to be a little bit more of a rebellious thing to try to do maybe. And uh, you know, it's, it's quieted down quite a bit from what we've had in previous years, but um, it kind of tends to be uh, the, I don't know what you want to call them, the characters of the group. Well, now that I've seen, you know, so many videos of events and hear, you know, you guys talking about them, I, I feel like it's not really an event unless you do spotlight flying at four in the morning. It seems <laughs> like that's what makes an event an event. 
Yeah, I mean, you can fly at four o'clock in the morning, go take out a helicopter with night blades and uh, adequate illumination and go fly it. The construction lights are okay to go fly with the construction lights, you know? Um, so, oh, okay. So, is there, so there is a definite distinction then between flying with like handheld illumination? Sp- yes. Yeah. The yes. handheld spotlights versus like just the portable truck based ones. Yes. Yes. I gotcha. I gotcha. And this was not a, uh, uh, what would you call it? A decision that we attempted to make or, or really even had much say in, you know, we tried to go and get them because, well, I shouldn't say that. So the AMA went and came out with a whole bunch of rules and said, all of this stuff is not okay for night flying. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And it nixed a lot of the night flying stuff that we currently do. And so uh, we went back to AMA and said, guys, this isn't reasonable. You need to go and help us out. And we need some relief on some of these rules. You know, what is the reason behind your guys uh, decision to go and make all these rules and add all this stuff? Did something happen? Was there an incident or, or are we just kind of making it up as we go here? And it turned out that was kind of where they were coming from with a bunch of the rules. And so we were able to get them to uh, give us some leniency and uh, take some of the rules out that they had in the safety code. That is really That's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool too. You guys went yeah. to yeah. bat for, for, yeah. for all the deviants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the, the battle that we lost was the handheld illumination with the spotlight. So it is what gotcha. it is. Yeah. Okay. Again, I, I will, I'll throw that into the uh, take this as you may category, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when your friend got all upset about the night flying, you know, um, you know, there's, there's uh, a thousand reasons to say no to everything. You know, Um, I fly full scale airplanes uh, for a living. And so the thing that, uh, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah. Life is dangerous. You know, we could say no to everything. It's, you can always say no, but we would never turn a wheel if we were, you know, want to actually go and be truly safe. You, you right. just can't function. Right. So you got to figure it did, out. It didn't you know, catch me off guard at, as actually how angry he got yeah, talking about it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, there must be some personal thing that I didn't yeah. really dig into. Um, cool. Uh, what other questions you guys got? When do you start planning the event? Like how, like, are you guys already in the, in the works for 2022? Uh, yes, we're definitely in the works for 2022. Uh, we've already put in our site request. We've already put in our um, uh, sanction request and things like that. Same things that, you know, anyone that wants to have an event at the AMA site in Muncie uh, has to do. And so uh, uh, we've, we've submitted all our paperwork for that. And so uh, it's going through the review process and uh, hopefully it will get it all approved here in the next I don't know. Usually in the next few weeks, we'll probably get hear back from AMA that uh, we have our dates and everything is all uh, all kosher like we want it to be. So, understood. Understood. So, That's good. Yeah. In so the uh, we, in the hierarchy of events that that yeah. happen nationwide, sure. Um, Urcha is the top dog. Have you guys? Has it always been at this one location? Have you thought about moving it to uh, making it a traveling event? Um, uh, so we, we have definitely considered going and moving locations. When we had uh, some drama with our dates a few years ago, we uh, we went and sought out some other locations that uh, hold uh, large RC events, and the cost of uh, uh, 
admission to hold the event at a different uh, location was just astounding how expensive it was going to be to try and do the same thing somewhere else. Right. So uh, like I was saying, yeah, like I was saying a minute ago, we went and did, um, uh, uh, you know, at AMA, we go and we use their lawnmowers. We use some of their equipment for this and some of their equipment for that. And so to go and, and do that same thing in a different location, um, we just found constant challenges after challenges. And so um, everyone that, you know, wanted to go and say, oh yeah, you know, you could use our, you know, facility. And so uh, we looked into their facility and then, okay, well, what would it, what would it take for us to go and do this? And they're like, well, we want so much uh, per head. We want, um, you know, just, it was a lot. So uh, basically AMA doesn't charge us anything more or less for the use of the field, right? It's, there's no per pilot fee or anything like that, right? Where uh, a lot of these other facilities, they wanted to go and charge per pilot and for this service, it was going to cost this. And for this service, it was going to cost this. And we're like, well, guys, this is how we put on our event. And so you're, we're, you're going to go and take this money per pilot, but then you're not going to go and provide portajons. You're not going to go and provide, you know, any of these other services that these people kind of expect out of any event. Uh, nope. Sorry. We don't do that. You so know. all those, those really, let's say the large uh, jet events that happen sure. you know, yep. during the year. Kentucky um, Jets, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are those are those just really that much more expensive to hold or are they able to take advantage of some things that maybe Urchard doesn't have access to? I'm, I'm curious if uh, if it could be like a shared cost model kind of thing, if you were to immediately gotcha. follow a jet event or something. Well, so, you know, if you, I don't, I don't know how much it costs, let's say to go to Kentucky Jets, right? But um, the feel of it is completely different than what uh, the feel is, I would describe of something like what we have at the Jamboree. You know, they're definitely a more, um, it's probably the most similar event to the Jamboree, I would say. They have actual sponsors. They have sponsor tents and and they go through all that stuff. But I don't know that they quite have, I really don't want to speak out of turn here, but I don't know how many sponsors they have. Uh, where mm-hmm. I would say we have quite a few companies in our in our hobby uh, where the jets may be a few fewer just because it's a little bit more uh, niche. They might have more people, but um, to produce, you know, the same, the, the cost to entry is just different, right. For jets than it is for helicopters. And so. um, Well, especially the pieces that cost the most and are the most technically demanding to build. Exactly. Like there's, there's not that many companies making turbines. Exactly. Exactly. Where, how many motor companies do we have now for helicopters? So that's what I was trying to say. And so, um, you know, uh, these events are just run very different. Um, I think that they get a lot of, uh, they get funding from, uh, alternate alternative means, which I don't really know what that means, but, uh, you know, it, it, takes a lot to put the event on and so uh i I do believe that their pilot fees probably are are quite quite a bit more expensive i know say uh joe nall uh you know that's a definitely more expensive event than we are for the per pilot and for the sponsorship i believe and so um yeah uh we we try to do it a little bit simpler with uh hey here's what it costs per person you know, um, a lot of the other events, they try to go, well, that's what, this is what it costs for this. And that's what it costs for that. And we just go, Hey, we want you to come. Here's how much money it's going to take for us to put on the event. 
uh, for you to come to the event. So, you know, please come uh, where some of the other events, they, they charge premiums for all the add-ons, I guess. Gotcha. I, I can see that you're trying very hard not to uh, say anything that could be considered offensive to anyone. Running yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to go I, I and, and, and speak poorly of other people's events. I, I right, right. you know, um, I, I just want to, you know, speak about ours and cause I know that's what I'm familiar with and I, I know what we do to, to put it on. So, well, I've, see, I've never been to either. So I was, I was okay. curious, but that, that was yeah. a great explanation. Thanks. Yeah. And you know, we, we, like I said, you know, without our sponsors, uh, and our volunteers, we would just be nowhere. So what was your favorite uh, moment from this year's Jamboree? I probably enjoy, you know, I've been thinking about that since you asked me earlier. And so probably my favorite moments are watching the battle of the brands and the Nightfly competitions. Um, all the competitions, I would say, I enjoy the auto contest. I enjoy the night flight, nice. the yeah, King of the Midnight Sun. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, those are all the, the great, uh, uh, the great parts of it. You know, Frank helped us with the auto contest this year. And so, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, and I, a lot of the people that come and participate, they get real excited for it. And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah, the auto contest was, I have to put it, you know, other than Colin for Ting on the Battle of the Brands, that was like, yeah. that was my second favorite just because I got to do a, a map photos. And man, he's a G. He's a, he's a, definitely an OG uh, in the sure. hobby. Yeah. And he's so good behind the mic. Like, man, I have so much to learn from that guy. Like, I kid you not. He did, just did, he just came and made it look like we were doing, like we're all professionals. He met, yeah. he's, he's a stud. Especially yeah. in the auto contest, because he's definitely known from doing some pretty off the wall autos. And, you know, he got some lots of stuff, man. It was good to see him for sure. I had a lot yeah. of fun there. That's good. So, yeah, so the, the competition. Um, and then I, I hate to say it, but uh, uh, it's almost like by the point of that, the next best part is Sunday morning when I can finally breathe again that it's over you know? And so, um, anyone knows that putting on an event is quite a bit of work. And so, um, I, I think most of the enjoyment probably comes from, you know, maybe the week before and the couple of weeks before in the setup. And then, uh, but at the event we're, we're really working pretty hard. So, uh, I take care of all the stuff that has to do with registration for everybody, uh, that registers for the jamboree. And so we have some great volunteers that help us in the, uh, the whale as we call it, which is a trailer where you get registered and get all your stuff. And so, um, there's always going to be problems with anything, uh, when you're dealing with that many people. And so getting through, uh, registration and getting it open, uh, it just takes a little bit of, uh, time and practice and having done it more than once. And, uh, you, you can make it run a little smoother. I swear to God, one day I will be there in person and see, yeah. and see the smoothness in action. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel smooth when you're there, but, uh, you know, we, we learn something every time and we go, well, we're not going to do that again, or we're definitely going to do that again. It usually ends up in one of those two pools. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And so, cool. um, you know, it, it is, it is late. Um, is there, is there anything else that you guys wanted to cover? I feel like we should Frank. It's almost, it's, it's a twelve fifteen over there. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that one. And, um, no, I think we covered it all, man. I think what we what I think we should do is we should get Wes to come on here with us uh, right before next year's Urcha. Yeah, 
Okay. So, so we, I mean, so we I, can I, pick. I don't care to do it again. You know, um, you know, I don't know. Once we go and start op- getting um, like registration open again, and so mm-hmm. uh, just get get a little bit more excitement again for the event next year, and uh, and things like that. So, absolutely, man. Oh, I love, I love, for- I love, you know, hanging out with you on on the on the call. So, if you want to, awesome. anytime you want to yeah. come on, just, just let us know, yeah. and then we'll definitely definitely get you before uh, before next year's Urcha. Great. Yeah, I also want to get Tim on here because I think Tim's a, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Tim's, a, Tim's a good time. He's he, he's a ball buster. Jesus he Christ, did he bust my balls? Yes, he is definitely Jesus. a ball buster, and he's oh, very my God. smooth. He's a um, I'm kind he, of a uh, I like to think of myself maybe as a little no BS, you know. And uh, Tim is too, but he's also very uh, articulate at saying things. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't have said it that nice, but I would have said the same thing, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a lot of fun for sure. Yep. So, Wes, I just had uh, one more question for you. Um, do you actually? I mean, probably during the event, you don't actually fly um, because you know you're you're busy going to, going back and forth. But but yep. the event is you know a, an event to go out and fly. So I was wondering if you actually plan for that. Let's say when the event is done or before the event is started, if you do your flying or if you just focus on, you know, I had to get the event running and I have so much stuff to do that I probably didn't even bring a helicopter. Yeah. So that's a good question, Javier. So in the past um, it's kind of been a uh, almost like a hair on fire event. And I I'm really not a fan of the hair on fire event style. So uh, myself and the other uh, the other guys have tried to change the way that we do it so that it's not like that. Um, you know, I got to go hang out with Frank for a couple of evenings and go do some flying with him and not have to be completely consumed by the event every waking moment. So uh, we do get to go out and go do some flying. You know, it's probably not during the peak times. You know, um, uh, we're probably pretty busy. You know coming up with, uh, you know, keeping everybody moving. Uh, but at the same time, we, we try to make sure and keep an eye on each other uh, and make sure nobody gets too burned out, you know, cause it's, it's easy to just keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, you haven't had any fun and, you know, this event needs to be fun for everybody, including us. And so, uh, you know, we're all just volunteers, you know, doing our best. And so uh, sometimes we have more problems than other others, you know, uh, it's no, no secret that this year was, you know, a more problematic year with our golf cart situation going down to uh, not having golf carts on Saturday night, but, you know, rest assured next year, we're going to make it better. We're going to have golf carts for next year. We're going to, we're going to be there and have, uh, you know, a a good event next year. That's going to have transportation for everybody uh, without the problems we had this year. Awesome. Awesome. Or you could take a bunch of one wheels, which were very popular this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, Listen, <laughs> yeah, those things, those things go over grass like crazy. They do. They're great. You know, if, if people want to go and take care of their own transportation, that's, that's cool. But um, the general consensus is, is that most people don't, they prefer to go and rent a golf cart or come up with something that's a little easier to get around than a one wheel segue and things like that. So. Yeah. Hey yeah. man, I, I just, I just, I just walked, man. I got all my steps every day. I was yeah. killing it. Man. I think we definitely I think got I, our steps in on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got all my steps in that weekend for the rest of the week. 
Yeah. You know, no question. So for those of us who haven't I, been, how, how long is that? Is the whole thing like how, how far is from end to end? Oh, it's probably a mile, mile and a half. I'd say it's probably one, a mile. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, from one side, well, from the, from the corner or the, um, that from corner. the scale guys are yeah. to the other, to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a mile long. So the yeah. flight lines a mile long. And I would say for this mile, three quarters of it is filled with cars and campers and things like that, or trailers, tents, whatever of, of people out there doing their thing. So, and I am, again, I'll, I'll just reiterate it. I am bummed yeah. that I wasn't able to join you guys, but uh, no, you, it sounds you, like a ton you of missed a, You missed a hell of an event. It was definitely. I know. I know. I, I've been watching the videos. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. I can't, I, I can't believe that I waited. What I started flying at 2014. I waited yep. uh, seven years to attend my first Urcha. Yep. <laughs> I won't, I, I won't miss another one. I'm, I'm already, I already have plans yeah. for next year's. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tried to tell Frank before he came this year that, you know, hey, here's when you need to come. And he's like, oh, OK. And so he's going to come. And then at the at the last minute, he kind of changed his plans because he had to. I know I get it. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, and wasn't able to come as early. And so uh, the earlier parts of the week, I think, are probably uh, as much or more fun uh, because it's a little less crowded. There's uh a little more to do and it's a little more relaxed. So, so what day do you recommend showing up then? Ooh, that's a um, really good question. To get that experience. I would say that if you could try to get there on, get to Muncie on Tuesday night, that would be the best. Okay. Okay. So uh, I would say that Frank and all the stuff he does, he should probably try to get there like Monday night. Right. But I would say that uh, other people should try to get there Tuesday night, enjoy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If that's too much fun fly for you, you think, then do like <laughs> Frank did and cut. Would you come Thursday, Frank? Yeah, I got there Thursday, Thursday at noon. Thursday at noon. Yep. And then so he's yeah. there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so by the time Thursday gets going, I mean, the event is in full swing. Things are happening. It's uh we're blowing and going pretty hard. So, um, and then it just rolls right into Friday. It feels like, and then we get Friday over with, and then it's Saturday and that's the big day. So. So how, um, so the last question that I have is on the, uh, like the camping situation, Yeah. because I was honestly, I kind of just got, we got, you know, uh, uh, paralyzed by the number of options that I had available when I was trying to figure out where I was going to go, was going to drive, fly, camp, hotel, all this kind of stuff. If you go and you say camp in a tent, are there facilities to take showers? Is it comfortable to be camping at that location in a tent for several days? That's a a really good question. I would say it maybe depends on your skillfulness at camping. You know, if uh, you're not maybe an accomplished camper, uh, this could be a challenge, right? So um, uh, we do I'm kind of used to like all or nothing you know, yeah. it's either like I'm either I'm going to a place that's got a cabin and showers or I'm yes. primitive yeah. with nothing. And I have to, you know, cook my okay. own food on the fire. That well, I build. so it's not uncommon for us to go. And in August in Muncie, which is really far north, you know, compared to where kind of the rest of us live, except Javier, um, it can get cold, right? Like you can need a jacket mm-hmm. during the day at the Jamboree. And I would say that, um, what do you, what would you say? What would you guys that were there say the temperature was during the day? 72 74 
Yeah, that's that's the Florida winter. Yeah, yeah, a cold day, you know. And so, um, to me, and then in the evenings, it drops down to maybe in the fifties, and and it's dropped down yeah. into the forties before. So, you know, just being prepared to camp in those types of conditions, I think, is just kind of, I don't know, buyer beware. I, I, gotcha. I think so. If from being a bunch of fun flies in different places, I really believe next year when I go to Urcha, I'm getting an RV and I'm going to rent an RV stay in the field because I just see that as being like, like the ultimate thing. Like I can yep. stay out and fly and fly helicopters as late as I want to. Yeah. And then I fly in, which is what I like to do the most. Yeah. Uh, I can hang out. I can get up at seven in the morning, go do a ro- roaster pool, you know, and then come back and sleep for another hour. And it, you know, Paul, it just kind of depends on what your thing is. You know, yeah. like Frank's done the RV, the RV thing. thing before and, and he's liked it. I've done it once. Uh, you know, I didn't really care for it. It, w- it just wasn't for me. I would much rather go and leave the site, go stay at a hotel and then, you know, take my own shower, you know, in my own hotel room, you know, get away for a little bit, get a little time to unwind maybe come back for a little night flying for a couple hours and, th- and then go to bed. If you're wanting to go and stay out till two o'clock in the morning and blast music with Leroy, then, you know, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> get her done. I mean, the RV thing sounds like a lot of fun, but I, Dude, I know the, R- the RV is the way to go. The RV is the way to go. Like if you can, if you can deal with showering in a small little place and dealing with some of the headaches of that, yes. I think, yes. I think it's the most fun it's the most fun you're going to have now. Yeah. Wes makes I, a great point. I would agree. You wanna... I would agree with that, but you know, you got to watch out for your wastewater and you know, your toilet in the RV and you got to keep up with all that stuff. And so, yeah. Well, I've makes never sense. really been RV camping before. I've, I've, I've stayed in an RV that someone just had on their property for okay. a little bit, but I've never like driven one to a place and actually, you know, used no, it as my house for a couple of days. So, so how it kind of works, let's just say is that, uh, you go onto one of the websites that uh, you can reserve an RV at and you tell them, Hey, I'm going to this event. Uh, I'd like to go and rent your RV. And so I'm assuming this is what you would do. And uh, you rent an RV to go and they will deliver it to Muncie to the site and you get there and you meet them. And then together you guys set it up and park it. See, that's, that's not what I was thinking about at all, but that sounds okay. like a way better idea. I was thinking <laughs> like I rent it in Dallas and drive up there with it. Oh, no, hell no. What the hell's yeah, wrong with you? <laughs> See, exactly. This is why I'm glad I, I we're talking about this. Yes. Had you clarify yep. that. Yep. Yep. Cause my, so, my dumb ass would have driven it 2000 miles for literally zero reason. Yeah. yeah. So like the <laughs> RVs, they charge by the mile and it's expensive per mile if you rent one. Right. So, I mean, you're talking like, I can't remember. You get like 400 miles free. And then after 400 miles, it's like, like 18 bucks a mile or something like that. I thought one of the ones I looked at. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's crazy. It it, might've been 10 bucks a mile, but it was something still that's like, Oh my goodness, that's outrageous. Well, okay. Good to know. Um, But so RV uh, from Indiana. Yeah. Rent an RV that's up there. And then, you know, you get to go and, uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of a dice roll when you rent the RV, you know, I mean, uh, it's like, uh, you know, hitting Tinder, you know, I mean, uh, the girl looks really good in the pictures, but what shows up in Muncie, you know, so, uh, 
<laughs> That's great uh, analogy. What a great analogy it? that was. That was amazing. Wow. Thank you. Thank might you. Might be our. That might be our intro. Uh, our intro yeah, part. that's that, that's the line right there. <laughs> First time a guest beats me to the line, to the intro line. There you Gotta go. Give that to we've him. never had we've never had a guest on the intro line. Nice. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Awesome. So yeah, so you know, you just uh, you have to go through the whole experience and and find the RV and then you know, get them to meet you there and make sure that you guys can get there at the same time. And, you know, it's, it can be a little encumbersome. And so, um, okay. So yeah, the logistics, like, I think that's the major problem is like, I wasn't even sure that I'd be able to take the time off until the, literally the week before. And at that point, yeah. the options dwindle for hotels, for coordinating RVs, for even for flights. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was looking at a conservative, if I flew, and got a hotel, it was conservatively going to cost me like, you know, $2,500. Yep. I was like, man, that's a, that's a specter right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know? it is. It's kind of hard to, kind of hard to, to, to justify. Uh, but if you, if you plan it ahead and you can yeah. camp and you can drive, I mean, that, that, that cuts down to a quarter yeah. of that, you know? So, I mean, I think if you're going to camp, it's going to definitely, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're looking at it from a financially reasonable aspect, the RV is probably the least financially reasonable. Okay. Hmm. So the tent, even if you were to probably, split that cost with several people, I mean, do you really have anybody you like that much? That's true. I was thinking Frank, but now I'm like, I don't like that guy. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you really, Dude, gotta... so, so what I've done in the past, uh, I want to say, because what I've done in the past, I get the biggest and baddest RV I can buy. Right. And then yep. that justifies a decent hotel room. And then I split that yep. with somebody. Okay. So yeah, the, the, the big ones they've they've got enough. Space. Big. I'm not I'm not talking about one of the little ones. I'm talking about like the toy haulers or like the ones that you use race yeah. car drivers use. Yeah. That's what we rent. We don't rent yeah, the, the cheap the tour bus. The, Essentially, it's a tour it, bus. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a yeah. it's a big. You need to use a fifth wheel to pull it. You know, we're not yeah. we're not messing around here. For sure. And Definitely those are nice. Be, yeah. Because usually you have two full bed uh, bedrooms on that, and you have your yeah. bedroom and I have my bedroom. And then there's like a area in the center where we can uh, mix drinks and food yeah. and whatnot. But we're not talking about a forty foot coach, though. No, well, we could, if it if it's more than two people, then yeah, yeah. it's definitely pull it. Yeah. yeah, like I did one where I where it was if you used if you broke down per day per your cost, it's the same thing as staying in a hotel room. So it made all the sense in the world to me, and I get to be at the field. I, I can usually help people out with hotels if you're interested. So if you. Yeah. All right. People, Thank you again, Wes. Thank you. You're again. welcome. You, hooked, you, de you definitely hooked me up. I really enjoyed the hotel room. If people reach out to me early enough, we can go and probably help you get a pretty reasonably pr priced hotel room. And so um, uh, I don't think you can do an RV for what you can do a hotel room. So the organization, rate, yeah. we go and we rent an RV every year and it's kind of our, um, place where we can go and have some privacy maybe we have things we need to discuss of drama that goes on at the event or we have meetings and we discuss hey you know we need to come up with a plan for how we're going to do this and so we need a place to go so one of the uh board members is always present on site and so he stays in that rv uh the entire time for the entire event so if something happens there's somebody on site in there to talk to so uh he's there doing his thing and, uh, you know, 
Um, I can just tell you that uh, what that cost is more expensive than what uh, our, uh, my hotel room costs. Really? Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, hey, this is a this is good because these are like the little things. I think that you know, oh, yeah. I never really even bothered to think about until there was a possibility that I might be going to Urchin. Those are definitely, you know, there's definitely pros for um, for planning all the stuff out in advance and looking at all the different options. So, like, yeah. I, that's a that was a good good conversation. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I, I think you could reach out to people, and you know, it wouldn't be a terrible idea for a hangout post of what do you bring to the jamboree, you know. And because you yeah. know, packing for the okay. checklist, is, you know, is yeah, is quite a uh, <laughs> it's quite an experience. I don't know if anybody saw what my car looked like, but I just sold my truck because trucks are selling for crazy money right now. And right. So, <laughs> um, I brought my little car, and I look like a homeless person. You know, like like the windows were full of stuff and everything like that for between putting on the event and just bringing a little bit of helicopter stuff. I brought it was pretty full. Yeah, that was that was another thing. I've got a tiny, like I've got a two door car, and I was like, I can fit, you know, I can fold the seats down, I can fit a couple of helicopters and and some stuff. And if I'm if I'm taking you know personal supplies and clothes and camping gear and all that kind of stuff, it's like, man, I I, I need it, I need an SUV, and I don't have one. Yeah, yep. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised it. Uh, it's usually not that expensive to go and rent something like that to to go make a trip with. So. Yeah, and I did to, look at like, that. I was I actually was surprised how expensive it was this yeah. year. Yes, yeah. Expensive this year. Yeah. I rented a uh, SUV for one of my customers uh during the peak season in Panama City and it was for 5 days and it was $1000 a day. So we spent $5000 on a rental car. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I rented a it van is. to drive to uh Muncie and back and I paid less than Four hundred fifty dollars with all the insurance I could have. Like I could have driven. Round I could have used that. Yep. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, but, nice, nice. Yeah, I definitely hit a home run there. Did you yeah. wait? Did and, you rent like a moving van or like what well, kind of van did big, you rent? No, like a Pacifica, a gangster out uh, Chrysler Pacifica, oh, nice. all a white mom, out with chrome. A mom van. Oh no, this is a daddy van. Right those here, those vans are those vans are pretty slick, man. Those are pretty. They, they're, 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 this is a Delf. Uh, Right here, dude. I was picking up the I was picking up the ladies on this one. All right. Well, it's it's funny that they offer like from the factory a blacked out package, like for a van. Oh, there's for a I minivan. Got, I got I got a oh let me see if I can find a picture because I took a, a photo of it. Because you know, I drive a Chrysler to big run, so you know I, I'm a little bougie when it comes to that shit, you know. <laughs> a little bougie. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have a gold, you don't have a gold kraken, Frank. You can't be that bougie. Yeah. No, dude, no, you got me beat there, homie. I, that's for sure. You got me beat. <laughs> you got me beat there. You try to take I, do, away. I, I, I do get a new V-touch every year, so that's that's a little bougie. That is, and I'm going to change up the colors. Bougie, actually. Uh, hold on, it's coming from my final. Where is this thing at? My This white, beautiful van. Oh, I think it's on Facebook. But yeah, it was pretty awesome, dude. And I, this I is see a, what, it's, an audio, it's an audio show, Frank. We, we can't see it anyway. I know, dude. I'm sorry. You know, just just, just talking. Jesus, Paul's on fire tonight, man. Damn. Just give me some uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like, it was a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to spend a thousand dollars just on a rental car. Yeah. And yeah, when I got yeah. that, I was like, hell yeah. So, but I'm not driving ever again to Muncie. I I will be flying and be flying first class like I'm used to. 
yep. the proper way and uh, renting a car in Muncie in yep. Indianapolis and then going to the event. So I, I know, for example, I normally go and drive and uh, I've always had a truck to drive. And uh, the last few years I've been pulling my uh, trailer. And so I have my truck plus a trailer. Uh, and then I usually leave the trailer at uh, AMA and I stay at the hotel so I can uh, not have my truck full of stuff. And if I need to give somebody a ride somewhere, I can use my truck. It's not just crammed full of helicopters and uh, supplies. So um, that seems yeah. like a good setup, you know, like yeah. A good yeah. Best of both worlds thing. How long yeah. is the drive for you? Uh, seven hours, six and a half hours. Yeah, it's not, oh, it's yeah. no joke. It's not a, yeah. it's not a lucky, lucky guy. 18 yeah. hours for yeah. me, man. Well, yeah. 18 yeah. hours. I got 14, 14 on this side. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it takes me seven or eight to get to you driving. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Any other, any other questions guys? We good? No, I'm good. I'm good. Wes. Thanks so much for, for I get more depressed because I need to go. So I, like, I, I, hear you. I, I you definitely I, need to come. We'll be there. It's, it's, uh, it's a great event. And uh, I love coming on the podcast and uh, talking with you guys. It's a great time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And don't forget to hit me up when you're in Dallas and you got some time. Yep. Will do. Um, all right, guys. I think that does it for the hey, night. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I have one more question. Oh, <laughs> I, Hobby, oh what, my God. Where were you when I said, do we have any more questions? Uh, uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> It, it no, was, go ahead. Go ahead. Here we go. Now, 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 I'm, you know that I'm shy. So, you know, <laughs> now, now <laughs> you've, 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 uh, you've put me into a, you know, you know, like a tortoise that, that, you know, puts their little head in. I mean, I mean, you're, you've killed me, man. You've killed <laughs> my, you know, you know, everything that I had. I had, such you had a question. So, we're going to so, drag it out of you. No, no, hold on, guys. This, we, we're, we have a situation here where we can actually take some, learn something from it. This is a learn. This is a teachable moment. Javier, how the hell does this work that he makes you shy, but you can oh. go on for a two-hour-long tirade <laughs> about what the the, the fifty different thousand uh, fly rod students you, you've used? What? Oh, where does one come from and the other one comes from? Like, so I want to understand that. That's, I'm, I'm like that's a keyboard my warrior, but just you know, a microphone warrior. warrior. There we go. Um, there we go. I think I think what Frank's looking for is a Javi, Javier kill switch. And uh... <laughs> yeah, dude, I need to throw out a hold for Javier. Yeah, just a hold. Yeah. <laughs> throw out a hold and rescue at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what's your question, Javier? No, actually, I was just joking. <laughs> okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs>